were bad, but now they're okay. Only me or my, you're the apple of my eye, girl. I never loved one like you. Found you hiding here, so won't you take my hand, darling? There's nothing that can stop you from becoming popular, Lar. Space Servant 18 today and always. And we are doing the Dreams Come True script, which I'm sure you've all been waiting for. It's our final look at the series, a final look at scripts, a final goodbye to the story that we've come to know and love for these past 10 years. And joining me in this, you know, emotion fest are three of your favorites. And I will let them introduce themselves. Well, two of your favorites and me. Hi. Uh, shush, I'm doing my intro. Quiet on set. Hi, I'm Snarky Hag. Uh, I didn't do my homework, but I'm very excited of this final table read of the TDB Productions, the TDB Players. What are we calling ourselves? TDB we had a great players. Game. I screwed it up. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, we're a pretty solid rogues gallery. So. Yeah. Okay. That seems fair. <laughs> we're going to call you Diva Hag from here on out. <laughs> I was going to do my homework and then I did. The dog ate it? I don't have a dog. My life ate it. I'm really crushing it in lots of other areas, but that's fine. Plus, I knew our fearless leader would be prepared. Absolutely. And we've got the special guest demon coming on at some point. <laughs> and now my intro is too long. Go, kitty. 
<laughs> Hi, I'm Kitty, and I am Slayer Kitty on Tumblr. When I am not moonlighting as a possessed demon or devil of some sort, <laughs> there's a chance that that could possibly happen later in the show. So you should all stay tuned. <laughs> and unlike Snarky, I did at least fifty percent of my homework. Oh, <laughs> that's a good uh, percentage. My percentage is not as good. And uh, I'm RB, and we all know that the only thing I prepared for this podcast was a drink. So let's just be honest. I just did the math. Factoring out the pages that are just intro and lists of the people, I've read 0.05%. You've read more than me. Yeah. Just not less. Not less. I prepared... A, I prepared a drink. <laughs> I prepared it. So we're, we're starting off real good right now. Me too. I, I, I prepared, prepared a drink myself too. A, a gin and club soda. So I have Fantastic. a special bougie sparkling water, almost juice thing that I'm gonna. Oh, look gonna at open you! Later. Is it's it in my so with letters that shouldn't be pronounced that way? Because there was definitely a spot in BC that was called drink but it was spelled j-d-r-i-k and i'm just like the fuck is this and it cost like 13 dollars a bottle oh it was it was apple juice mine is like mine is like it's mostly water and there's an essence (laughs) an essence of water (laughs) so it's basically like the fruit yelled from another room it's lime (laughs) Essence of water. (laughs) It's raspberry lime. Trust me. (laughs) Only in California can you get a drink that's an essence of water. (laughs) Oh, you can do that in DC too. Well, I just meant because it's so dry out there. Anywhere more than two hipsters are gathered, you can get an essence of something. (laughs) (laughs) The spirit is there with them. Oh my God. Okay, so I hope that during the mine is the essence of gin dialogue you guys have gotten your own drinks and settled in because this is gonna this is we're gonna be here a while guys um this is the special two-parter that you didn't get on the show so yeah um i first want to state that instead of you know usually we have like 50 different production drafts um this is and a production draft from february 10th 2015 it's just goldenrod. Who knows? Just goldenrod. how many other colors there were. <laughs> um, I believe this is the one that they probably shot from because um, that's about the time they started. Um, it's around Darren Chris's birthday, and that's when they did the clean scene. So this is this oh. is shooting. Yeah. Oh, I don't know when his birthday is, but I did yeah. know that factoid. But I never put the two together. Um, so trust me, the internet will tell me when Darren Chris's birthday is. It's February fourth or fifth. I can't remember which. So this is written after his birthday? Okay, well, somebody can look that up later. Um, I'm wrong. It might be February 8th. Shoot. But But it's early February 10th. Yeah, it's early February. Honestly, it doesn't matter. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? To our listeners, it doesn't. It only matters Um, to the people it matters to. Scream into your your podcast (laughs) when his birthday is. Oh, it's February 5th. So this is written after. <laughs> that can't be right. I don't it's know when this is written. Lies. Oh my god. Hmm. 
Huh? Everything's lies. Anyway, I'm wondering if this was typed up for whatever this because this was obviously a script that was put together for an auction because it's um, signed by R.I.B. Um, and I keep maybe thinking that you're mentioning me, and I'm like, I didn't. Say yeah, this I thought bitch. I was R.B. Ryan and Ian <laughs> and Brad, who are you know the writers of this. It took three of them to put this together. Sure, uh, takes Ryan, directed. Ian, and Barf. Sorry, I'm not a big fan of Brad. <laughs> I'm not a big fan of Ian. So, is he um, the one who's married to Gwyneth Paltrow now? But they yeah, that's Barf. the same house. Yeah, Mr. Goop, Barf and Goop. <laughs> Mr. Goop. Oh my god. Yeah, they don't live in the same house. I'm they so don't live in the same house. What's happening? No, no. they've never lived in the same house. No, what? she doesn't live with her husband because it's better. I could see it. Brad Are we sure it's not? Is, is that what you're telling me? Yes. Brad Fultz is married. What rock was I under when that happened? Brad, I don't know. I don't know. You're out there googling well, Darren Chris's birthday. Exactly how, <laughs> how little attention I paid. Oh my gosh! Writers. Well, you know, anyway, is not in this Gwyneth Paltrow. Oh, so I we don't, don't know need to it talk because about of her. the writers. I know it because there was a list on BuzzFeed of attractive women who are married to men who are obviously beneath them, and they were on it. Well, there is that. I read an article on Jezebel that was like Gwyneth Paltrow doesn't live with her husband, and really, that sounds great. <laughs> So same basic attempt. But anyway, yeah. this is anyway, off to a good start. The February okay. 10th, 2015 production draft. Um, or auction draft. Um, I want to look at the cast list because there is signed. something that's true. So it is I need to, to say about this that um interestingly, there are a few things that I would like to point out. First of all, that Marley and Rory Rory, I can't even say his name right anymore. Rory <laughs> What a dumb name. Um, I'm sorry. Rory Flanagan? Flanagan? Flanagan. 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 Um, were, the leprechaun. Um, <laughs> originally supposed to be there, but Marley couldn't, obviously, for um, Supergirl. I don't know what Rory's um, purpose of being there, well, not being there, I'm was. Sorry, I'm I, Isn't I he the person inside the gritty costume for the Philadelphia Flyers now? <laughs> 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 what? I don't even know. First thing I could come up with where you don't see his face. <laughs> um, taking, I, I have. Well, I just a, assumed he couldn't get a visa to come back. Well, there's that. In the um, in the three seconds that I thought about this, because again, I haven't seen this since it aired. Okay, so Hilar- those two did, did. They couldn't make it. They couldn't make it. I did. I made a long-standing joke that Max Adler repri- doesn't reprise his role as Karofsky, but takes the place of Marley Rose. So he is Marley Rose in the finale. Because mm-hmm. I don't know, it makes me laugh. Um, anyway, Max Adler. They asked him. I am never in. not going to unsee that. Thank you. <laughs> I think it's great. Um, I think it's hilarious. And uh, Bert and Carol, Michael Malley, and um, Rosie Romont. Um, Barrel. They were not originally on the cast in the cast for this last one, so they are back, which is a gross, gross misstatement of judgment of justice. Yeah. Like they should be yeah. in everything. So yeah, let's let's do this. Let's do this. Okay. Okay. Where are we um, starting? Uh, pass the location list. Pass the song list because that doesn't change. Um, and we are going to open up and we don't have to read the first scene, but I'm going to talk about it for just a second because in the very beginning of the scene of this series finale, we have a flashback to the pilot where 
what's her name? Irene Adler? No, that's from Sherlock Holmes. Um, Lillian Adler. <laughs> Irene Adler. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, oh. I have had enough to drink today. Um, oh. You need uh, a drink. I know, I really do. Um, I may get a cold cap through this. You need uh, to prepare something. Prepare something. Uh, she gives her little speech that's actually deleted scenes from the pilot that they added yeah. into it. That was good. Um, I remember being so happy to see that because I'm like, oh man, they finally got a way to get that in there right at the end. Are you oh, running Kitty? away? Yeah, did you fall in a well? No. Lassie, get her. K- Kitty fell in a well. <laughs> Call the fire department. Make sure they're hot. Like eights or above. Mm, my goodness. Maybe I'm just in a tree. Did you? Okay. I don't know. She's back. Anyway, call she's the fire back. Department for that. So, um, and they also, in this opening scene, it's just supposed to be Will with Kurt and Rachel, but they add Blaine in because, you know, he has been a teacher too. And you should probably not forget about Blaine. They're like, oh, like, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Maybe Blaine oh, should yeah. be here. Oh my goodness! Um, so through the season, they before Dalton even burns down, they forget he's a teacher and he's just at McKinley a lot. And it's like, what is he doing there? <laughs> the clan hasn't reconciled yet. Why is he hanging out there? Because, because he has to give consciously stalking Kirk. Come on, because now. he has to give Rachel piano lessons. Jeez, because he cannot stand to be apart from the person he loves. Oh well, that's a nice way of putting it. Also, they don't have more than they don't. They didn't. We're gonna have the split set. No, mm. they burned down Dalton early. Um, so the, as you see in the, the TV episode, um, they win first place. <gasps> Shocking. Why are we even yes. wasting our time? The only thing that I would like to say though, is that it points to the fact that this is spring 2015, that this little thing happens. And then it's going to move into fall of 2015, um, that was not and obvious to me the, at first watching. I will no. admit. No, in the script, it makes so much sense. They give you time markers for when everything happens, mm-hmm. so that you are aware of when everything happens. Um, and they don't do that. It, the, the, I'm not going to try and sort out what the finale does because it's mixed. So we're just going to stick to the script and the timeline that the script says. So, okay. all right. So after we get our, you know, confetti cannons burst and you know everybody wins and et cetera, et cetera. Um, there's the Glee card, and then we have our first scene that is different, um, because a lot of these are going to be different. Um, there's a lot of cut stuff. Mostly, it's just not so much changed, but cut things. Um, and, you know, because this is a special script episode, we're going to read a lot of it. <laughs> so I hope my TBD players are ready. Um, so we're going to read this. Um, Clearly. Will, and I need a Bob Harris, and Kitty, if you don't mind being the stage directions. I'll be Bob Harris. <laughs> okay. I will be Will. Sounds good. Interior, McKinley High Choir Room, day. Superintendent Bob Harris stands before Will. I'm sorry, would you mind saying that again? I'm not sure I understood you correctly. The District Board of Education has decided to turn McKinley into an art school. In a very short amount of time, you and I will be standing in the choir room of the William McKinley High School for the Performing Arts. I'm... I'm speechless. What happened? To be perfectly honest, Will, you happened. Over the last decade, as school districts all across the country faced multi-million dollar budget shortfalls, our quick fix was eliminating arts programs altogether, prioritizing what we saw as more essential subjects, reading, math, science. And you know what? It didn't work. Test scores haven't gone up. 
some cases, they've gotten worse. I should know. We tried it, too. And then you refused to let it stop you. Now, if I'm being honest, I never really got Glee Club. At first, I was intrigued, but then I was like, nope, no way, not for me. It wasn't until my nephew got involved and Kurt Hummel slipped me his work-study thesis that I really grasped the magnitude of what you've managed to accomplish, Will. I mean, truly, the production value you achieve week in and week out on a shoestring budget? Astonishing! The delicate souls you've uplifted through song and dance and finger painting? Literally hard to believe. <laughs> so I decided to stick my neck out and make a pitch to the school board, and much to my surprise, they were in complete agreement. I mean, let's be honest, I think we've all been surprised by what a wellspring of unbelievable talent the greater Lima Van Wert area has turned out to be. USA Today did an infographic. Lima, Ohio is ranked number one in talent per capita. It'd be foolish not to harness what has proven to be one of Western Ohio's greatest resources. Superintendent Harris, this is incredible news. Anything I can do to help, just let me know. What are you talking about? You're running the school. I beg your pardon? I'm naming you principal, Will. Congratulations. He extends his hand. Will beams and takes it. <laughs> oh my god. So wow. I don't know which one of you was breathing really hard and trying not to say something in the middle of all the will praise because I heard somebody bite their Probably tongue. me. Probably, <laughs> probably all of us. Um, a couple things I want to say. Um, most of the cut stuff is all of the nonsense about how Will is amazing and wonderful. Not cut, surprisingly, is the sentence about, you know, we tried reading and science and math, and you know what? Who cares about those things? We got to get music back in here. Whatever. <laughs> I, I just can't. I just I have a master's degree in music, and I just can't. Okay. Um, I am so pleased that part of the thing that turned the tide is Kurt Hummel's thesis that he that he in a Slytherin manner slipped to the principal. <laughs> well, to the superintendent. You know, at, at, at least they mentioned it because like this whole time it's like this underground thing of like, oh yeah, you're working on something, Kurt. And at least they like remember that he was actually working on something the entire semester. And that was yeah. his reason for being so at least I mean, he was working on something, and he was running. <laughs> but it wasn't his schoolwork. He um, didn't have to be in Lima to do a work study thesis. He was in Lima, yeah, to do other theses to make the universe right again. To undo the snap. <laughs> so, so yeah, Will is not qualified. So no. not qualified. This is not how becoming a principal works. It's not. Or how it's no... how you change a school district either. I mean, no. <laughs> but I no, do love you don't just the fact... something a magnet school. Yeah. I love that they did an infographic and Lima's ranked number one in talent for <laughs> a lot of meta. There's a lot of fourth wall breaking in here. Oh god, too. that's a great one. That's a great one. Mm-hmm. I mean the um, will the will praise is barfy, but a lot of it is funny. Yeah, I bet you can see why it was cut for time. I mean, a lot of this stuff, you're like, for time, for time, for time. I mean, okay, got like four paragraphs almost of of speech, and it's a lot. It's, it's a lot. It's a lot of um, exposition. So the next seating is cut altogether. Um, Snarky, if you don't mind being um, Will, and I'm going to be Coach Beast so that I get to have a part. Go for it. Okay. All right. 
Interior Teacher's Lounge. Day. Will enters, is immediately greeted by a standing ovation from all of the teachers gathered around Hi. Ted, including B. He is moved yet confused by the gesture. What so did I we- do? You've been fighting for good. You have been fighting the good fight for six years now. People think most of us have gotten to teaching because we got summers off and can't get fired because you spent your own money. Risk your reputation and redefine what an open door policy meant, all in the service of educating your students. You're a shining example of all the best of us. You are a shining example of the best of all of us, and we are also proud that you're finally getting your moment in the spotlight. Another huge ovation. Will gives him a hug and they sit. Um, this is re his can, lunch. Yeah, thank you. My first order of business as principal is going to be put a rotisserie in the teacher's lounge. You think that's going to convince me to stay? I hope it's a start. I don't want to do this without you. We're like Starsky and Hutch or Hollow Notes. Which am I, which one am I? Whichever one is more masculine. This is going to be an art school, Will. There won't be any more sports teams except maybe stage combat. And with my knee, I don't think I'll have much to offer in that department. Besides, I'm going pro. What? I'm the new assistant defensive line coach for the Cleveland Browns. I mean, they're basically a pro team. You know what's funny? I couldn't even get an interview for that job when I identified as a female. Oh, my God. That is amazing. How did it happen? One of my old players just got me a job pretty high up in management. He really stuck his neck out for me. He hugs him again. I'm coming to every game. And I'm coming to every school play and dance recital and glee club competition. Deal? They shake. Will takes a beat, looks around, tears in his eyes. Holy crap. What? We won. Beast smiles. Holy crap is right. They did. Okay, so, okay, so the 10 teachers who, they all got fired. (laughs) And isn't the idea that all the other teachers that we don't know about, they all hate Will because he got the teacher of the year, like he gets all the stuff and he's a terrible teacher? I don't understand. None of this makes sense. And now he's teaching history. I don't understand this bizarre world that and Will lives in. I mean, it makes sense. I'm can sad I, that. Can I just take a minute to appreciate the Cleveland Browns joke, though? None Are, of us I've get heard it. That team. Is that is that an NFL team? <laughs> it is an NFL team. It's an actual team. The reason why it's funny is because up until last year, they were so bad. The fans would have celebrations celebrating all of our zero wins. But oh. hey. They, they are not worse than the Detroit Lions, who my poor father has been rooting for the last 50 years. And I'm pretty sure that when he dies, they will at least win something. Well, <laughs> Beast, Beast doesn't have to move out of Ohio. And she gets a job. Sorry. He, he gets a job. He gets a job. I forgot that. I can't believe I just forgot about that entire storyline. Because <laughs> well, we're mentioning it then. Yeah. Wow. Um, he gets thing- a job. He gets a job. So he gets his foot in the door. And, you know, maybe once you're in the NFL, you can liaison to some other different, better team. I would um, imagine that, yeah. Or still get to do what you love and stay where you are. And I don't know. That's fine. Well, Cleveland's not that, that far were, from Lima, so. I found it funny that they were insinuating that a newly drafted player had any sort of pull with the league about That's who got hired. There's <laughs> that. There is it that. is interesting that they said that thing about how, like, they wouldn't hire a woman for the job. Yeah. 
Yeah. That's probably true because it's only a recent, like, I don't watch a lot of, like, pro. My husband watches some, but I don't really watch any. But I do know that they've only had, like, female sportscasters within, like, the last five or six years, maybe. I don't think it's been much longer than that, if if any. And it was a big damn deal when ESPN hired a female sportscaster. I think they might have been the first ones. I can't remember. I'm going to go ahead. Male. I'm going to stick my neck out and say that the people writing the script know as much as I do about the NFL. Oh, they sure. Googled that there's they, they probably an know Ohio what's. team name and then that's all they did. Yeah, that's probably true. And they probably saw their record and went, wow, they're really bad. We'll make a joke out of it. Yeah, that's probably where that. Well, and I will say, um, while all of Coach Beast stuff gets cut from the finale, so there is there's more Coach Beast, um, but it's it's just uh, this stuff. My God. Um, also, drinking game, fun drinking game. I didn't realize this until I was reading the script, but every time they say somebody says some version of dreams come true, take a shot because it's in here a lot. <laughs> and I didn't notice that until I'm, re- I'm like, really? Okay. So, so the goal is to get me tanked, huh? Yep. I've cracked open <laughs> my essence water. Um, I've been drinking my essence. Hers yells line from the other room, and mine yells, you need more gin. Actually, it. So that's whispers. You need more chip. Yeah. There we go. So um, we're going to, the next one, there is cuts. We're just going to read through this too, because there's cut stuff at the end, not necessarily the beginning. Um, so RB, do you want to be Emma? Sure. Cool. All right, let's do this. All right. Interior. Well, She's, oh, wait. Sorry. Should really quick. Blackheart is three months later, so this is fall of 2015, September of 2015. For all of you keeping score. Blackheart, three months later. Interior, Schuster apartment. Dining room, morning. Will and Emma packing lunches. She holds up his chocolate chip cookie. Now remember, this is dessert, not your appetizer. You're the principal now, so you have to set a good nutritional example for the other teachers. Uh, Okay. <laughs> I don't think I can live up to that standard. You're just going to have to have lunch with me every day. He kisses her neck. <laughs> well, we have to do everything possible to be appropriate and professional while at school. Your management. Oh, God. He keeps sense. kissing her. <clears throat> I will never have to worry about getting the funding for a Glee Club costume or paintbrushes or tap shoes for a kid who can't afford them. My son will be in the daycare we set up in the gym, and my beautiful wife, the love of my life, will be just down the hall looking amazing as she works tirelessly to help kids with their art therapy program while doing everything in her power to get them into the best art colleges in the world. <gasps> That's where the period is. <laughs> I'm going to be in a state of euphoria and arousal. Oh, <laughs> Well, when you put it that way, we probably should have some scheduled daily visits to the janitor's closet. Thank you. I'm very proud of you, Will. It's been quite a journey to get this place, and you made it the whole way without losing your integrity. Though a few of those original Glee kids have privately told me that they think your rapping was a moral outrage. Can I be honest with you about something? I'm scared to death. If you had asked me six years ago why I wanted all of this to end up, this would be it. You and Danny and the Glee Club thriving and Sue out to pasture. But now I'm like, I know I was great at auditioning, but do I have the talent to actually do the job? 
I think what you will see after you settle in is that you are a man who actually likes to be happy. You're not someone who enjoys the drama and the struggle. It tends to find you because you're such a rock, but your natural state is calm and joyful and positive. You have nothing to be scared of anymore, Will. I'm not saying it's all going to be easy, but now it's time for us to relax and have fun and be in love. Sit at the dinner table and talk about our work days without the pain and the angst. Because if there's something we don't like now, we can just fix it. No more bad guys. No more if-onlys. Just you and me and the power of your imagination. Wow. You really like that? <laughs> That's really in the script. <laughs> I love you so much. Go get your son, Mr. Shoe, or we're going to be late for school. One more kiss and then he goes. Okay. Oh, so. my, oh god. my god. Okay. <laughs> Is this a fever dream? Let me. Let me. Someone is typing and it's not me. <laughs> okay. Someone is. Someone was typing and it wasn't me. But also, what? Is okay. This? So I'm gonna let me let me tell you the differences. First of all, I have to say, RB, you read that like that fanfic that we that that self insert fanfic we yes, were reading, <laughs> and it was terrifying because it's so familiar. Oh. Familiar. Anyway, um, well, I have to get so, all different voices. I mean, come on. So if this okay, is Will's fever dream. He would yeah. have. Sexy Emma. Let me explain a couple of things that were cut and why we should give props to Jamma Mays for making some of the shit she has to say bearable. Um, first of all, the kissing. Oh my god. I mean, they they flirt a little bit in the thing, but like here they're like all groping and on each other. It's really weird. Um, they also take out in the scene um, near the beginning or the kind of the, yeah the beginning towards like when he says the love of my life. You look amazing. I'm going to be constant state of euphoria and arousal. Like thank yes. God. And the janitor closet thing is completely cut. So a lot of the weird sexy stuff is cut out, thank God. Um, A lot of the second page isn't even there at all. And they they really, really, really cut it down to what should be necessary to say. But some of it's still there. Um, The you're so amazing, Will, kind of vibe is still there. But this is, it's just over the top and ridiculous. Um, So, yeah. That's it's just ridiculous. Now the next page where he's with his son is the same, but I want to say first of all, take a drink because dreams really do come true. Will says that to his son. Glug glug. <laughs> um, but I will say the way they shoot this in the, the the finale is actually very sweet and very. It is a really sweet little moment that he has with his son and it's amazing still to me that they can come up with some nice moments out of the. Just, junk that is in these stupid scripts so anyway um so the next scene is the scene where he's talking to his first day of it's his first day of class and he's talking to all of the students there's not really much that's cut but i will i'm just going to read through some of the things that were cut um most if um probably of most interest to our audience um when will is introducing people um and talking to people he said Kurt says a line, and then Will says, not true, Mr. Hummel, or is it Mr. Anderson now? And Blaine replies, we settled on Henderson. So, oh my god, no we didn't, Blaine. (laughs) We all took a vote and said absolutely not. Um, Uh, Yeah. Oh, that's so bad. (laughs) That's so bad. Thank god. I don't even have have words for how bad that is. It is terrible. 
Um, there's a little line cut that says, "If you Will says, if you have a song to sing, there will be a stage for you to sing on it. Not really uninteresting. Um, Will claim, they took out the line where Will talks about how he'll still be meddling, even though he's a principal now. Oh, that sounds um, great. Yeah. The, well, I'm just, sure Sam will be thrilled. <laughs> I'm sure he will be. The stage directions are pretty simple and not really anything to note other than um, it is noted that Kurt is with Mercedes and Kurt rests his shoulder on Mercedes, or his head on Mercedes. Oh, Kurt rests his head on Mercedes' shoulders. I don't know why that was so hard for me to say. Um, which was kind of a nod to the original finale in season one when they're singing they, Over the Rainbow. Oh, the rainbow, yeah. Right. I remember that. Yeah. Well, the other thing about this particular scene where it says that there are many tears, that was true because this is the last scene that the this Bulk is of the Cat filmed. Yeah. This is and also. So this is where Chris and Darren wrapped. And oh, all of them did. All, all of them. Every, all, everybody. All the entire all band of it. Entire wrapped people. Okay. Yes. Everyone wrapped so here. So they all fell apart, like <laughs> as this was happening. So yeah, this scene doesn't. There's not much about this scene that, um, like, and the script that that kind of gives you the emotion that isn't on. I mean, even when you like think about it. Um, this scene is much more emotional because you know that it is the, the last scene that they shoot. So everybody is just, you know, in tears and broken down and it's really a moment. So like the emotion that comes over, like it's yeah. real. You can feel it because they were feeling it. Right. Yeah. Okay, so as we move on, there's one thing I want to say about the editing, and then I don't really want to get into it too much after this. Um, they start to move things around from here on out. And a lot of the clean stuff that they pushed towards the end of the episode was originally closer to the beginning of the episode. Um, that's the only thing that I'm like, well, I'm glad that they saved clean for the end. They knew, they realized that clean was probably They realized popular. that most of them might have checked out a little soon. Gotta put the asses in the seats, people. <laughs> exactly. So, um, a lot of this clean stuff you're gonna notice is in um, the beginning of the script as opposed to the end of it. Um, but, I will also say, I think that the, the timeline, you'll understand, I feel like the timeline makes more sense. Um, the original, or w at least what they were going for makes a little bit more sense. So, um, so yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna do this scene. It's gonna consist of all four of us. Um, this act, the beginning of Act Two, if Kay can read those stage directions, and RB you have Sue, I have Blaine, <clears throat> and Snarky has Kurt, and there are some cut stuff, which is why we are reading through the whole thing. All right, all right. Interior, Figgins' office, day. Camera pans across Figgins' office, now repainted and redecorated with Schuster Pillsbury paraphernalia, and a desk whose plaque reads. Principal Schuster to find Sue inhaling deeply as if taking the smell for the last time. Blaine and Kurt enter. Oh, hello, porcelain, Mrs. Porcelain. What are you doing? Well, I came here to drink in the old office one more time and also drop a hot one in Will's desk, but that just seemed childish, so I decided just to pee everywhere. <sighs> I shouldn't have passed on that asparagus salad because you can't even smell it. Sort of a bummer. Would you mind having a seat? As you may know, Blaine and I are heading back to New York in a couple of days, but before we left, there was something we wanted to say to you. Sue sits on the sofa. Blaine and Kurt sit on the coffee table opposite. Wait, sit on the coffee table? Interesting. Yeah. Anyway. Apparently. 
<laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway, I know we've had our differences over the years, and while you're still not, we're still not cool with what, how you went about it. We want to thank you for getting us back together. We can both honestly say that if it wasn't for you, we'd still be apart and miserable. Thank you, Sue. We really mean it. Thank you. Sue clutches her hands to her breast, genuinely, I'm sorry, genuinely mooning. Oh, my sweet, supple gaze. I can't tell you how much it means to hear you say that. And honestly, I'd like to thank you, too. Porcelain, the first time I laid eyes on you, I truly did not understand what I was looking at. It was all hippo brooches and knee-length sweaters and you standing all sassy with arms crossed and your hip cocked rolling your eyes like you were thinking, how droll. But then you opened your mouth and I was like, holy God, what the hell is going on here? What is that thing? Some sort of botched experiment? When I got to know you and I was still totally, constantly annoyed, but somehow watching you go through everything you went through... What with all the coming out to your dad stuff and the death threats from the bully Blaine later decided to date. I don't know. I had feelings and opinions about all of those things until you went through them. You expanded my mind and my spirit. You taught me something about myself I would never discovered on my own. And for that, I thank you. Porcelain, you are for the ages. Kurt gives a warm smile. She turns to Blaine sincere. Blaine... I'm still not sure if I really get you. I think I've just never been a fan of your whole thing. I feel like you've got tickets to your own show, you know what I'm saying? I mean, yeah, you're a good singer, I guess, but I just can't shake the feeling that every time you sit down at the piano, you're thinking to yourself, boy, wait till they check this out. You know, it's off-putting. And the bow tie thing needed to stop, like, a while ago. But hey, you're doing you, and that's swell. So for that, I'd like to thank you, too. She hugs them both. They're a little taken aback. Thanks, Sue. A Oop. warm moment. <clears throat> then? Oop. The present I was going to give Will Schuster just hit the drop zone. If you'll please excuse me. She goes. Kurt and Blaine share a look. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> some thoughts that I would like to say about this. <laughs> First of all. Um, first of all, the, 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 what Jane Lynch, what Jane Lynch can do with utter crap is always amazing. Um, she's a delight. She is just a very, very talented person. Um, first of all, her ability to make Sue say the most awful and asinine things. things. Well, yeah. <laughs> like okay. she means them and they make complete and perfect sense to anyone or they should, anyway, is just amazing. It's mind-blowing. She is a goddamn treasure. Yes. Okay, so a couple of things. First of all, the, the line direction, she clutches her hand to her breast. I feel like, why, like... What do they mean by genuinely mooning? Genuinely I don't know. mooning. I have a very clear picture in my head of what that is. I'm I mean, I understand. No, I do, but it's just yeah. the way they're I always... I think the word is bosom. 
Yeah. Not breast. Because it sounds like she's groping herself. Which she could do, <laughs> and it would be funny. Do you guys remember? I don't know what script it was that we read that she was legitimately like grabbing herself and like, wow, I have nice breasts. I don't remember what that script was, no. but doesn't oh, everybody yeah. do that? <laughs> I mean, we should. I like to do it when talking to a couple who's sitting on a coffee table. <laughs> Okay. I mean, so I feel like her doing it to porcelain, Mrs. Porcelain, would make you know plots. What do they care? <laughs> so she's just, she's just sitting there, one tit in each hand, going, hey, "Let's have, have a conversation." Her bed. So <laughs> I have so, to say, uh, as a fan of both Kurt and Blaine, I really like this part. I I think I like that they cut out. The piano yeah. stuff, because that's a Darren dig, which is not necessary. Well, the, and the uh, so the thing that and it's I really, so much better that she just barely says anything to Blaine except for "I don't really get you." Oh well. <laughs> I, the thing that I was kind of shocked when I read it's this because I haven't read this script in ages is the um when he he tells Kurt, you know, then you opened your mouth mouth and holy God, what the hell is going on there? What is this thing? Some sort of botched experiment, and. The fact that we know over the years that Chris has been so sensitive about his voice, and I'm so glad that that line was cut because just just after all the stuff that we heard about that speech that you know Santana gave earlier in the season, and I, I'm just it leaves a bad taste in my mouth. So I'm glad this that's feels funny. less mean to me. It feels more about like I, this is more of a statement of there is Kurt the character where they attempted to make a stereotype. But instead, we all learn these important lessons are along the way. And isn't it wonderful? And everybody's more than what they thought. Um, and he has, a, you know, he has, his voice is different. It's real different. And it's not necessarily bad. I could just see some, like you see Sue and then the person goes to sing and it's very high. And that's, I don't think she's saying that it's bad. I think she was just saying, I was very confused by your whole thing. Holy God, um, what the hell is going on here? What is that thing? Some sort of a botched experiment? I mean, that's... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I anyway. think that has to do with the high note. The high, the high, high, high... Castrato joke kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, it does, but... Okay, but, so the... I, I agree anyway, with you. I like the way she leads this whole little statement. She leads it through, it's like a, like a study of Kurt, the character, and also of mm -hmm. Glee, the show, in doing what they did it really effectively in those just like bam, bam moments, which is why I think for balance, it makes a lot of sense that she has this big thing to say, and then she just turns to Blaine and is like, oh, yeah. I mean, it was, and, and it was, it was great. I'm, I'm glad they cut the, the elongated Blaine stuff, because you know the Blaine stands would not be happy too. But you're right, it's also Darren-ish that, boy, wait till they check this out is totally I mean, I think thing. that's, I don't. I think that's a Darren dig. It is and Darren it's dig. funny. It's um, a funny one because, funny. you know, <laughs> it is not. But totally it off, is, but. it is the, the scene itself. But she doesn't need the, to be mean to Blaine. I no. like the way it ended because she wasn't mean to yeah. Blaine. She was just like, eh, all right. Yeah. yeah. And you're I right. I don't really get you, but I'm not going to list every single one of your faults. Right yeah. Now. Well, and I like that Blaine's response in canon is, I don't really get you either. Exactly. <laughs> and they're fine with it. Um, the, in the, in the actual episode, you're right. You get this whole, like, we're not going to do montages and flashbacks, but this is what Kurt's story was. And I, you know, in Sue's way, she's saying it was great. And, you know, the balance of the Blaine thing, I think is more comedic and it really, really works. So I, this but is I also those... think it's like a little nod to their kind of 
like friendship over the Mm -hmm. years because absolutely she always had weirdly you know kurt was a favorite of hers he is a favorite Mm -hmm. well i think for a while he was competing with quinn yeah but ultimately i think he kind of won out but yeah i mean you know he's one of her favorite people and that's so fascinating to look at sue as a character and think well kurt's one of her favorite people I'm also glad they changed. They must have known they were going to change some things around because they changed the segue. Because the next scene in the episode that comes after this is her getting or find, meeting up with Becky again. And um, yeah, I'm so glad that is, is other than her pooping in Will's office. I, I guess I'm just never been one for poop jokes, and that's just gross. It's hilarious that she peed all over. But that was said she was going to. Yeah, she that peed was, everywhere instead. <laughs> <sighs> okay, so the next, um, if anybody wonders that there there wasn't an actual Hummelberry scene in um, the actual episode, there's actually two in this one. Um, so we're gonna do our big goodbye Hummelberry scene. I mean, I know it's Kurt. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Hummelberry, you're up. (laughs) Interior, choir room, day. Rachel and Kurt, looking their new New York selves, are in the newly renovated choir room, a little bigger, brighter, and slicker than before, next to a small row of filing cabinets. They hold sheet music. God, I'm so proud to see the new McKinley like this. But I have to be honest, a tiny part of me is jealous. Me too. I can't help it. It's the school we always wished we'd gone to. But at least it's the school we helped make. We did, didn't we? You know, being back, I can't help thinking. What? Finn would be proud of us. For keeping the torch going. For passing on the legacy. For sticking by each other through all the changes we've been through. We really won. They share a sweet little emotional smile. Then, well, whoever inherits the Glee Club can be grateful for this huge new library of sheet music. And if and if you know like I know, oh my god. And if I know you like I oh, I get it. And if I know you like I know I know you, then that little stack there is my top your top 5 all-time all favorite songs. Favorite songs. And those are yours. Guilty. Okay, here we go. Count down the classics. And go. They flip the sheet music simultaneously to show each title laughing, reminiscing. We found love. Lean on me. Oh, Mr. Shu and Emma's engagement in the swimming pool. I want to hold your hand. Okay, you guys got to say it the other way. Kurt's got to go first for the, oh, the sorry. comments to well, make they're sense. Supposed, they're supposed to be said at the same time. Right, but Rachel's okay. comments lead into what Kurt says. So Okay. okay. Keep, sorry. Keep holding on. I want to hold your hand. That one got the Hummels through a particularly rough patch. The Adele mashup. Loser like me. Flawless. We are young. Don't rain on my parade. Ooh, even after the infamous, infamous Nyata edition meltdown. We shall never speak of the Nyata edition meltdown again. Yikes, steal. Okay, and for number one, drum roll. They flipped the music over laughing. Of course, it's... 
Don't stop believing. Yes. She looks at him suddenly a little emotional. You know, you've always been my show choir soulmate, Kurt Hummel. Oh, and you've always been my greatest competition. She shoves him playfully, then hugs him back. Kurt? All right. Come on, let's go find your husband. I'm still not used to that. Your husband. I'm sure he's around here somewhere. Singing a solo or applying gel. She grabs his hand. They run laughing out of the room. I don't like it. (laughs) I didn't say it was a good Hummelberry scene. I just said it was. I was saying. (laughs) I don't like what a waste of a Hummelberry scene. Well, that's probably why they cut it. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. it's just a way of to like, hey, remember when? We yeah, did I mean, this? I get it. I mean, it's funny because they had what did they have Kurt say? Well, first of all, he says loser like me is flawless. Well, that's not right. No, Kurt brings not. up we are young. I'm pretty <laughs> sure that's Kurt, what they're saying after he went to Dalton. Like he wasn't there. He was there for yeah, we, we. He wasn't there. He, he was there for we are young, but he was not there for oh, loser like me. That's we well, we no, were young. Loser like me. Loser like me is the sexual original song. It's, it's, it's an original song. song. It's an re- yeah, song. It's an original song. It's a song that they sing. Oh, I'm confusing it with Dog Days Are Over. That's the one yeah, where they sing. Yeah. Like, Everything's great now, right after Kurt left. And I'm like, mm, bad songs. Um, and then um, We Are Young is actually a season three at the sectionals. It's the group song they sing. Yeah. At the I end remember, of that. Now I'm remembering um, Finn and Blaine getting along. Okay. Yeah. So it's a lot of like these are the the show's greatest hits, but it's not necessarily Hummelberry. Um, and yeah. I've never been a huge fan myself of this whole like Rachel Berry, like you're my soulmate, Kurt. No. I mean, I'm sure she thinks so. <laughs> True. True. So, well, I, I mean, mean also, she's highly codependent on him. While while the whole like oh let me find your husband thing would have been cute to see like Kurt being like oh he's singing a solo or applying gel it's like really Kurt's never been meta about Blaine so much um, that's usually like I don't know too. that Blaine and the Pips line was pretty meta well that's true but for the most part not you know Kurt doesn't usually get that it's Kurt a weird thing really for either. him to say it is it, it would be it would make sense for him to say. That he's singing a solo to someone right now, or yeah. him, or him to say he's off applying gel. But he wouldn't say those two things together because that's demeaning. Yeah. So it, that's. I mean, there's time. Clearly, is the biggest reason why they cut this. But at the yeah. same time, it wasn't a great scene. There's, yeah, the, no. So. All right, so then we get the Blaine Sam scene, which I think was written rewritten better, but we can re- read the original one. So I'll get the Blaine. Who wants to be Sam? I'll be Sam. Okay. All right. Interior, locker room, day. Sam, alone, inflating footballs. Blaine enters. Hey, what are you doing? I need to inventory all of this stuff so we can sell it. These footballs were one PSI under regulation inflation, so they're basically useless until they're up to 12.5. Okay, we haven't had a chance to talk since I've got back since I got back. I've been super busy working on the transition to the Arts Academy. They worked all summer, but there's still so much to do. They're going to turn this locker room into a dance studio. I think it's because it already smells so much like sweat. Ugh. Yeah. Go. <laughs> Sounds accurate though. <laughs> 
So, listen, considering that you're going to be unemployed soon, would you ever consider coming back to New York with us? We have a spare room that would be perfect for you. It's more of a closet, really, but I know you can sleep standing from your time being homeless. I told you before, New York is not my speed. Too fast, too loud, and there are too many sports teams. I get confused who I'm supposed to root for. We just we just root for the we just root for whoever's winning. Kurt and I are doing great. We see Rachel and Artie all the time, but I miss my best friend. I miss you too, but this is home. I need wide open spaces. I need to be able to go out and shoot stuff on the weekends. You can't do that in New York unless you're a cop. I'm happy. Genuinely happy. <laughs> this is my happy ending. Right back right back here in Lima. I get that. I know. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it took me a second. I get that, but doing what? I just don't want your talent. I don't want you to waste all of your talents. I'm not. I'm going to use it for my new job. Off Blaine's look, we cut to. And that's the will scene, and we don't need to. We're going to hold off on that for just a second. So. Do they not understand that at magnet schools you still have things like sports? They don't. <laughs> they don't, but the, yes, at magnet schools you still can have sports. I mean, yeah. Um, so they actually, I mean, they caught a bunch of like little things, but they also added a lot of things where Blaine talks about being married, which is kind of nice that they added that they added, you know, not just Rachel and Artie, but Kitty and Brittany and Santana. And I think it was a way for them to a address what Kurt and Blaine's marriage is like, and then B address, um, like where all the other people, like all these people ended up in New York. See, yay. We don't, we can just shove that in there in the line. But I also think that Darren and, and Cord are play off each other really well and make the scene a lot better. Um, they also cut off the kind of insensitive homeless line and the slightly controversial, unless you're a cop line. And <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm wondering if the censors caught a hold of some of this and we're like, no, you're not doing that. Um, so I also wonder how much the actors themselves had input into this because I know towards the end they were more or less just kind of make a suggestion and we'll do it. Yeah, so I would it be interested in that how many takes I, they do. Did yeah, probably. I feel like especially for several things in here, like a lot of the stage directions, I feel like. When they went to film it, they're just kind of like, uh, maybe we shouldn't do it like that. Yeah, I, I I can totally see that. Um, so there's a little bit that's cut from this Will and Blaine and Sam when Sam goes up to to introduce himself as the new teacher. Um, one thing that's cut, Blaine actually says in the in this episode what you're running the Glee Club, and Sam goes, yeah, jealous. <laughs> but in the script, Sam says. Are there any other straight white guys with weird taste in music out there to take the mantle from Mr. Shoe? <laughs> <laughs> because that's the only people he would hire. And then a the little, um, a little exchange that I'll read really quick was Will saying, well, don't disparage yourself. And Sam says, I'm not sure what that means. And Will says, you have a limited mu musical talent. And the way you coached the football team showed me that you're also a great teacher. I could not be more proud to hand off the baton to you. Okay. That's that's yes, bad. because an assistant football coach makes a choir teacher makes. Yes, that's that's all you need. If you guys, those of you that want to go teach music, just you know, assist with your football, your football team, you'll be fine. You're gonna degree, you know, what degree? Who needs a degree? 
Or a teaching certificate. Mm. I mean, for the love of all. Mm. Yeah. Um, teaching's not a real profession. It's not like we need skilled skilled professionals. He just has to be able to wield a dry erase marker. Well, I feel like this whole finale. He just has to be a straight white man. With weird taste of music. The finale, I think, highlights to a to a fault the one some of the biggest fault. Gosh, what am I trying to say? Flaws. Some of the, the flaws. It highlights a lot of the flaws in the show. Yeah, it does. I'm like, they took but it to the is extreme. is it on purpose? Do you think? Mm, no. I kind of think that it does. Really? I don't think so. Yeah, some of I mean, it, yes. Other a lot of no. it is so over the top and very conscious of dumb things that are working that I think that it's on purpose. I think that it's, it reminds me of when a fanfic author takes the logical inconsistencies of a property to an extreme because they know it and they enjoy it. This is what it feels like to me. Like, of course, Beast is going to be coaching the Cleveland Browns. And of course, Sam is going to end up teaching the Glee Club. And of course, Will is going to end up principal of this new arts high school. So let's get rid of all the football and everything that made things dumb. And we're just going to make it arts and arts and arts. And of course, Rachel and Kurt are going to bond. And of course, Sue is going to take a dump on Will's. Like, it's it's basically like when I write a fanfic and I go, canon, fuck her, I don't even know her. So <laughs> I feel like a, it, ha- it has to be on purpose. It has to be I, on purpose. I because it's, they, kind of, it's like you set fire to the room as you're going out. You're like, fuck it, we're done. Um. I think I think to some degree they don't always get it. No, I think a lot of it, like Sue, a hundred percent, I agree with that. With a lot of it, yes, but some of the more sincere stuff. I mean, they've been pumping up Will for years and years and years now. I think that they bought into some of their own BS, and you know, I just went so far the other way. Seems like it could be apologizing because. Like he was supposed to, he was hired to be a main character, and then he got shunted off the side real fast. It kind of reads like it could be an apology to, more to Matthew Morrison than to maybe, but none of the stuff, none of that stuff made it into the episode. So you're just yeah. left with this, you know. Yeah, but it was originally in the script, and so they tried it, and then said, "Ah, fuck it." Well, um, I just to continue on um, with this scene when Sam mentions country and he says, um, does anybody like have any ideas or whatever? And th- it's ad libbed the kids yelling, let's do she thinks my director's sexy. <laughs> so. Uh, oh, new. What they should have done was the perfect country song. It's actually the name of it. It. The well, perfect country song has a dog. And us a country truck, fans and something caught in it. that on. We yeah, we got that reference. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so honest, my country lives and dies with Dolly Parton. So, <laughs> uh, moving it's on, it's actually get... a really old song. It's just something I heard as a kid, and I always remembered because I thought it was hysterical. I don't actually know. Let me look it up. To Google. To the Google. <laughs> okay, we're at the beginning of Act 3, which is page 19 on the right corner, but actually page 12 in the left corner and everywhere else. Sure. Okay, got it. Yeah. 
Okay. All right, hang on a second. I was still Googling. Yeah, I want to know who wrote that song. And I'm, I'm still looking for this answer because when I typed in what I thought the name of the song is, I got a different song. So, but I see the lyrics for the song I was thinking of. And so I'm trying to figure out if I've gone insane or if this is actually the song I was thinking of. Okay, so it's called You Never Even Called Me By My Name, parentheses, the perfect country song by David Allen Coe. And the line is, well, I was drunk the day my mama got out of prison and I went to pick her up in the rain. Before I could get to the station in the pickup truck, she got run over by a damned old train. <laughs> there, you know what that reminds me of? It's fantastic. Grandma got run over by a reindeer. That's what I was, was going like, to say. <laughs> As I'm pouring this, um, I was on Twitter and I saw this, um, this news thing where this guy yep. is interviewing... Yep running to the bathroom i'll be right back okay sure they're they're interviewing these people in front of like this burning house or that just you know was burning but it's not on fire anymore and the guy the newscaster is like to this woman he's like do you know what happened she's like yeah i know what happened my cousin tried to burn down the house but i'm not gonna name names and the guy's like well do you know why and she goes yeah he wanted to get with me but I, he can't do that because i'm married to my husband <laughs> oh. I was like, wow. <laughs> Pretty sure that guy was caught. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Not going to get with me because married to my husband. <laughs> that is a barrier. Uh, well, that and the I cousin mean, thing, but yeah, <laughs> I would think the cousin thing first, married but it, second. But it but, also you depends know. on are they first cousins? Because there are a lot of folks who you can call your cousin that is not a first cousin, but that may just be a southern thing. Mm-hmm. Like in all honesty, most people with my last name we just call them my cousin because yeah. more than likely we're related somewhere back there. So you just call them Ken. It's fine. <laughs> that you know it's funny i so i just got my dna results back and i wrote my dad jokingly i'm like hey i just found out that i'm 100 percent your kid so my dad works at a school and so is my mother and he runs into the library where my mother is with her students going hey hey pam's actually my kid <laughs> <laughs> My mom's like, really? <laughs> mm. Good times. Um, we're actually getting through this pretty quickly. Well, there's not much to dive into rather than, well, that's dumb. <laughs> and we kind of move on from there. It's <laughs> true. All right, I'm back. As long as we don't have any more Will Schuster popping a boner scene uh, stage oh direction, I think we're good. Oh. Well, they well, and it's in the janitor's closet. In the, yeah. You can tell in the scene <laughs> yeah. that they're being flirty, like maybe a newlywed married couple would be before, like, they have to go to work. But none of this, like, let me make out with your neck while, you know, we talk about doing it in the janitor's closet crap. I'm like, they have been married now for, like, a quite a while at this point. Long so. enough for I will say this. I will say this. Elephant baby. They have that child, so when they're at work, the child isn't there and they don't have to care for it. Child's in daycare or whatever. So they have more flexibility to be together than when they're at home when the child can wake up any second. 
True, but you have a responsibility to the people you're teaching not to do yeah, it. Yeah, he should just school. not have windows in his office and shut the door and lock the door. Yes, and, and have a meeting. Oh my gosh. Anyway. Or go home at lunch where the kid isn't. That's true. Although, honesty, honestly, with a child that small, I kind of feel like at least 50% of the time the meeting would be, oh God, I need some sleep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it would start out as one thing and then and just basically have them being asleep like on the couch. <laughs> it's like, hey, you know, it'd be really sexy. What? Sleeping, uninterrupted, <laughs> a nap for a whole hour. Okay, so if we're all back, we can jump we're into back. Act Three, um, and we don't have to read most of this, <laughs> which is this is the Mercedes gr- goodbye sign. <sighs> This is the Mercedes goodbye. goodbye scene. Why do I have such problems talking? I'm amazed I have 160 of these episodes. Um, and other than the fact that Amber kind of takes it her own, there's not really any changes in this. So goodbye, Mercedes. We loved you. But Amber, you're a stand-up actress, and you did your stuff. And You really should have won that season of American Idol, I'm just saying. Yeah. But she might not have been way. prepared at that point. I, I love If she had won American Idol, she probably wouldn't have ended up on Glee. And if she had That's ended up on true. Glee, she probably mm-hmm. wouldn't have ended up on Dream Girls on the West End. And right. if she hadn't done that, she wouldn't have won her Olivier. Yeah, that is true. That is true. Um, also, she does say um, something about dreams come true. So take another shot. Plug, plug. <laughs> okay. So we get our certain. <laughs> Mm. Blaine scene way earlier than you might expect. Um, so let's let's read our. It's um, page twelve, which is twenty one on the right. Um, after all of the Mercedes stuff. Um, oh, it's scene twelve, scene thirteen. I get it now. Is this the interior P- hallway? Yes. Yes. PDF page twenty five. Got it. Page twenty one, and then scene thirteen. Okay. <laughs> all right. Interior hallway, day, Kurt at a locker, dialing a combination, Blaine approaches. Are you trying to break into your old locker? I'm not technically breaking in. I asked Mr. Shu if I could have it back, and he said yes. I wanted to make a time capsule of my time at McKinley. It sounds kind of stupid, but it gives me reason to come back here every once in a while. It doesn't sound stupid at all. Well, kind of stupid, but it's also really sweet. (laughs) Kurt opens up the locker, revealing a locker filled with old photos and memorabilia. He reveals some of our show choir programs, my Rocky Horror wig, my homecoming queen crown, the unicorn hat that Brittany made me, my first photo of Finn, the first photo of me and you, the ring you gave me at Christmas. I chewed so much gum to make that. Blaine laughs, then starts to tear up. Okay, why are you laughing and crying at the same time? Because because you're the only person I know who would do this, who would do this, and that's why I love you so much. I love you too. Blaine wraps his round 
Blaine wraps his arms around Kurt Jeez. as we. Okay, and before we go on to five years later. We moved on to the tentacle fix portion of this. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay, so I do want to say here, because people like to count kisses and these stupid things, they added the kiss here at the locker, which is much more appropriate than the kiss that they take out at the end of the next scene that we're going to talk about. Oh, oh no, Pam, um, haven't you read the that? internet? I was they like, added this kiss at the locker because they're really secretly a couple in real life. Oh, my God. No, I've read that. And it people, was Darren's birthday. <laughs> yeah. No, Maybe that is not why. None of these things are true. <laughs> okay, so let's the explain lies. the actual reality behind this. Somebody who is intelligent read the script, maybe Chris or Darren, I, they are both intelligent people, and said, hey, maybe it's not appropriate for us to like Fresh be making out in, in front of... Room full of kids that we're supposed to be visiting at? Maybe but it's in more an abandoned of, hallway. But in an abandoned hallway where we used to go to school and we couldn't kiss at the time, we can now kiss and be free with, you know, the fact and that we are a married couple. And a lot of times. Well, a but I mean, on times. screen, we didn't see it in the hallway because of censorship. No, but they so. kissed at McKinley on screen. Yeah. And you was outside. Courtyard. Where? Where did they in kiss the courtyard? In the Beatles thing? Oh, the that's right. kiss in the courtyard? Yeah, I forgot about that. But anyway... It's still more appropriate for them to kiss at the end of this scene. Yeah, when is. they're by themselves. Yes. 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 So that is why that happened. Not because of some secret plot where Darren secretly wanted to slip his real husband's. No. Whatever. I don't care. You guys. Come on. No. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense, honestly, that they punctuate the end of every clean conversation with a kiss. Yeah. Because I think that's how they are. And so you just take out the ones that are stupid. Um, speaking of stupid, um, they did take out Blaine. Basically kind of saying, stupid line, and I was like, I was super offended that Blaine would Blaine would never say that. Okay, it's kind yeah. of stupid. Um, he wouldn't. I mean, the only thing that's stupid is this concept that Kurt keeps coming back to McKinley. That's true too. <laughs> I mean, they're here for the the first day of school, which is why they're. I'm not again. I really shouldn't. It makes sense in the context of the script. It doesn't make sense in the context of the episode, the number of sure. wardrobe changes they do. So, anyway, let's talk about the five years later. The only thing that's different is the elongated version of what the Harvey Milk teacher says. And I will go ahead and read this. Kids, we have two very special guests here at the Harvey Milk School for the Career Day and Celebrity Tuesday sing-along. By the way... Be, by the way, being gay kids, you can only have careers in the arts. Just kidding. Blaine and Kurt are here because I think they're just inspirational. Kurt Hummel and Blaine Anderson recently performed the first official LGBT version of Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf at the Lincoln Center. Kurt won an Obie Award for his riveting portrayal of Martha, and he also designs a very successful line of men's jewelry sold on QVC called Hummelbrag. His husband, Blaine, is a Grammy-nominated singer-songwriter. He's composed such works as St. Elmo's Fire the Musical and Trapped in an Elevator, A Love Story. Please give a warm Harvey Milk <laughs> Elementary School welcome to Kurt and Blaine. So there you go. There's your so additional. If, yeah. If, if Blaine All did the musical, the music for in an elevator, mm. a love story, who wrote the script? He did. <laughs> it said he just composed such works. Well, maybe he did the whole musical. I don't know. He could have, I guess. Maybe he collaborated with. Um, um, who wrote Hamilton? What is the name again? I Lin forgot. Lin 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 yes. Yeah. There we go. Bam. That's the name that you couldn't remember? 
Yes, I couldn't remember. <laughs> Sometimes you said maybe he collaborated with, and I started thinking of all the possible characures who could, he could have collaborated she with the real in the Glee universe. And then you're like, most famous composer ever. Yeah, oh, I yeah. thought you were gonna. I thought you were reaching Living for Jesse St. James, to be honest. Yes. Oh, I could have said that. I just could. I, I just could think of Lynn, and I'm like, that's not his full name, and I should probably say his full name because we're not first name basis. Well, you I don't know. It. I kind of feel like everybody would know who you're talking about. If it was like Lynn, of course, Lynn, of course. Um, it's actually Andrew Lloyd Webber. No, I'm kidding. Um, so yeah. We've got Kurt, you know, designing fashion for QVC. Um, here's the thing that I, I, I need. I need Kurt to go on QVC and, and, and oh sell his my stuff. Like God, imagine it. burning, need it. Imagine it. It's good. Um, I don't remember the QVC be part QVC. being. I don't. I don't imagine imagine the Q, the QVC part being in the script. So maybe that part got edited a little bit. I just remember the humble brag stuff, but maybe I'm wrong. Pam, what do you think? Am I, I wrong? I think it's always been in the script. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry. My bad. Um, the uh, other I thing thought it was, was a little more high end than that, but it's fine. No. QB, you know what QBC means? It means you're making money. Thanks. Yes, it does. Because that shit is ridiculous, but they make money in it. Yeah. Did you run away? <laughs> she ran away. Ship she wanted to, to New World. <laughs> went to QVC, clearly. Um, they filmed in Tennessee. <laughs> well, you know what was really like funny? That. Okay, so both times where you guys said it sounded like I moved really far away, I sat up and moved farther from my computer. Yeah, that makes sense. headphones with a microphone on them. Well, it basically sounded like you were leaving the old country and heading off to Ellis Island. <laughs> Take it real fondly. <laughs> Way to go, Fible. Anyway. Fible, <laughs> bitch, damn it. God. Oh, my God. Okay. That's hilarious. So, um, so I do want to uh, point out that Kurt also apparently, I always figured this LGBT version of Virginia Woolf was an all-male one, but apparently he did Martha. I just don't see Kurt taking on a woman's role, role completely because he made such a big stink about it and all the times that he's been like, they've been like, hey, do a woman's role. I don't um, know, things change in five years and it matters when you're getting paid. That's true. Yeah, but maybe they're just trying to make it clear that he was the Martha character. Yeah. Not that Martha was a female. It just says Martha. Riveting portrayal of Martha, but who knows? Yeah. Okay. All right, so then we get Daydream Believer, which is as if you know, it's not really any different than what we get. And oh, um, again, another drink for you know, uh, Blaine's line of they surround yourself with people who will help you make those dreams come true. Drink, and then Kurt said, Kurt has yeah. do, does have a cut line that says, Don't be afraid ever, and don't be afraid of to dream, which was cut. Um, again, they also cut the Kurt and Blaine kiss. Because no, it was, it's, it's like really inappropriate there. <laughs> they end their song. Everyone cheers. The kids are so sweet and inspired by the success story. And then Blaine and kiss Kurt. Kurt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kurt you know is. what elementary school huh. students would be doing if you have two old men kissing in the front of your room? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That would have been okay. <laughs> My son 
my son is 12 and I think probably it's only been in the last year or so that he's stopped being grossed out when people kiss on TV. Yeah. 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 Sounds about right. So yes, we didn't lose a kiss. We just put it in a more appropriate spot. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So we now get the beginning of act four, which is another giant cut scene. So you guys want to know more about coach beast? Well, we're going to give it to you. And I will reprise my role as Beast, and are we going to do Sue? Oh, I get to be Figgins. I know, you get to be Figgins. Nice. Reading some kick-ass stage directions. I know. I have not read this scene, so this will be entertaining. <laughs> well, I read through this, and I don't even know. Okay. Interior, McKinley High, Sue's office, day. Sue bubble wraps an elliptical machine amidst towers of boxes that adorn the room. Sheldon Beast enters. Hey there, Sue. Hello, Sheldon. Just packing up the last of my stuff. My treasured elliptical machine. Some Cheerios uniforms that never got worn. Becky Stray Bullet. So for those oh, of you that yeah. may not know, oh, a bullet is a vibrator. A... Oh my god. Okay. Why do I know that? Wait, wait, anyway. wait, 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 No. No, that's not what they this, mean. That's not oh, what they, they mean. mean. They, they mean the, the bullet from the she shot. shot from the gun in <gasps> shooting star. In shooting star. She kept the Which bullet. Is still funny. Oh my god. Well, that's just as bad. <laughs> no, it's <laughs> not funny. I never watched. And the fact that Pam straight went to a sex toy. Like, this is the best paragraph ever. Also, again, because I my frustration sure. is for the drink, this is all new to me. I'm sure that you were going to talk about Shooting Star. And then I thought they were, were making like, a sex you don't know. <laughs> it's straight. My face is so red. Damn it! I lost my stray vibrator. Oh, wait, no, that happened. This is all the hat all over again. Okay. So the next time you guys find on the internet a bunch of Avengers dildos, don't think I would not be interested. Okay. I'm just going to buy a red one and put a bunch of stickers on it. You're just really pure, and I... When I think of somebody who'd be interested in the Hulk dong, I no. don't think of you. Well, that's true. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> okay. I, I don't feel like you made an emotional connection with the giant I green Hulk did it. dildo. You uh, know, sometimes it's not about like emotions. Sometimes it's not about emotions. <laughs> not, that Pam, is not the one I would have missed. For your birthday or for Christmas to get you <laughs> a Hulk Dildo? No, I really prefer because the Black Widow vibrator. It looks okay. easy to use. I'm telling you, I'm okay. getting a red one and just putting some gold stickers on it. <laughs> now that we I have mean, that in here. It's a star-spangled man with a plan. <laughs> this is all on tape. Okay. Um. <laughs> I can't wait for you to open your Christmas present. Oh my god, it is going to be sent to my parents. That's because I can't get packages here. <laughs> Not it. They. they. Multiple. Multiple things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There, there, are there will be one than, thing more than one that will be who safe. Are sending this shit to you. There will be one thing that is safe and it'll be and like it will your let. Which one will she open? So do you want to go to your the parents or do you want to go to your office? 
Oh God, no! Don't do not do that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Because I may, I'm not gonna be the one that opens that. <laughs> Even with your name on it? No. <laughs> Should I put a fake <sighs> name? No. <laughs> I'm gonna put somebody else's name at work on there. Absolutely. Okay. Let's not do that. Let's start over a wide again. left turn. Okay, let's start over I, again. And I mean, that's all your fault. I was reading it perfectly. I love it. And then you were like, all of us, the person who went to the sex joke was Pam because I really thought that would have been RB. <laughs> I guess I have to leave that all in now, too, don't I? I yeah. yeah, I do. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe right up until the point where Ugh. they start ordering you sex toys. You oh, no. Like cut Leave that it part all out. in. Leave it all in. This is classic. This okay. is what makes for good this is the, This is the end of the, you know, we're not doing any more. There's not really. You can't fire me now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's take it from the, the beginning. This, of you're going to be like friendship over. <laughs> Okay. I haven't fired you in four years, so. <laughs> I know, and I keep pressing the buttons, and you're like, fine, you can keep hey, coming back. look, we could always get into a better debate that Iron Man will always be better. So, whatever. Let's go. Well, we'll find four. out once you receive the medley of vibrators. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm going to go to the bathroom. I can't wait for her. You know, she loves a vibrating eagle. She loves oh to write God. reviews and she loves to write rankings. So <laughs> I'm gonna. I have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> Pee my pants. Okay, we, okay. we have embarrassed you so go. much that you're black. I can't take it anymore. I oh, am so pants. glad my brother is not home. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you all. <laughs> all right. I'm putting the <sighs> up on mute. Oh, oh man. Gosh. Oh man. Also, of all the vibrators to talk about, like a bullet is like just down at the bottom. Like that's an internet level shit. I was literally crying, guys. Oh my god. So many. So many. Like an advent. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yes. <laughs> yes. But for all 24 days. <laughs> so you know, I wonder if there is. is I mean, want, but I wonder if there is like a naughty advent calendar. Ooh, to the Google. I wonder if there is. Um, because I'm, I'm, I'm so already there. Because in the UK, Masters of Malt is one of the liquor stores that I just really loved when I lived in Scotland. And... They do a gin vent calendar and they do a scotch vent calendar. And I'm like, I'm just so jealous. Why won't you slip ship to the US? This is awful because I want 24 days of gin. Oh, found it. Yes. Oh, God. What can- oh, it's okay. extreme. It's extreme. Oh. Oh, my God. Hey, this might need, this seems like, oh, that's for a pairing. Okay, hang on. Is there a just a one? Oh no, I don't want to be in your mailing list. <laughs> <laughs> Love honey sex toy advent calendar. 
my god. Okay, guys, we need we need to take that. Oh yeah, she's back. She's, she's, she'll never know until she goes to do the editing. <laughs> oh yeah, because like I couldn't hear you at all. <laughs> okay, uh, where are we at? All right. Act four. Are we doing take two? We're just gonna start at the beginning. <laughs> Without okay. my commentary this time. <laughs> Interior. McKinley High. Sue's office. Day. Sue bubble wraps an elliptical machine admits towers of boxes that adorn the room. Sheldon Beast enters. Hey there, Sue. Hello, Sheldon. Just packing up the last of my stuff. My treasured elliptical machine. Some Cheerios uniforms that never got worn. Becky Stray Bullet. If you're here to bounce me from campus, I'll be out of here in a few minutes. Nope, just came here to talk, kiddo. Please, Sheldon, if this is about wanting to transition back, all I can say is that you have only yourself to blame. I don't want to talk about me. I only want to talk about you, and I'm not the only one. He steps into the room, and Figgins follows. Sue, male person Sheldon Beast and I are concerned for your well-being. <laughs> I lifted up my arms when I did that. <laughs> You've gone through a lot lately, Pumpkin. The world's gotten turned upside down. Yes, it has, but I am dealing with the repercussions quietly and efficiently. Sue, please sit. She does, confused. Figgins sits next to her. Sheldon and I wonder if you truly understand the value of a good cry. Principal, I haven't really cried since I was a child. I just don't see the value in it. I understand that some find the process cathartic, but the source of my distress will still remain and I will have accomplished nothing. Come on, kiddo. I promise you're going to feel better. You can both stop this right now because it's not going to happen. So... It's not happening. <laughs> I just don't understand what the big deal is. I'm not the one with the problem. Biggins reaches out and touches her thigh. Sue, for the entire time I've known you, you've tried to ruin my life, and for the most part, you have succeeded. You blackmailed me, stole my job, destroyed my reputation with my, within my family and at my church. I have every reason to spend the rest of my life hating you. But Sue, I just can't do that, because I know somewhere, deep down in my heart, I still love you. A long beat. Sue just stares. Then, light piano plays as she begins to wail, striking sim strikingly similar to that guy from Intervention. Best cry ever. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Stage direction. Kitty, wake yeah. up. Oh, she's muted. Kitty. I am totally <laughs> muted. I'm like, I read it. I read it. What do you mean? <laughs> Sorry. A wail degrades into anguished vocal frying. Then it resumes. A century of pain rolls out. <laughs> Beast helpfully rub her shoulders. From where she sits, she embraces them in an awkward three-way hug. But Sheldon's behind her, etc. A moment. What she gathers herself. Sarah. Sheldon. Principal, I can't thank you enough. I needed that. 
Now, if you'll excuse me, I feel like there's someone I really need to see. Sheldon and Fagan share a warm look <sighs> into the hallway where... I just remembered that his first name is Principal, <laughs> and it cracked me up. <laughs> you know... Uh, also, oh. I'm pretty sure there's a porn that started this way. <laughs> this is... Etc. Principal... <laughs> I love yeah. that you've made me cry because and you're RB and I need to have a full me. circle moment. Oh my god. This actually feels I'm like sorry, a real... my brain translated that as a circle jerk moment. I am so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, we this kind of reminds a little bit of like if you ever wonder what RB and Maya's conversations sound like. Um, it's the beginning of this. I don't want to talk about me. I only want to talk about you. And I'm not the why. Why you think the net was born for porn, porn, porn? <laughs> oh my God! Oh, what wow. is the scene? It's so, it's so bad. It's so bad. Now, are we really were think talking it's funny. when you were talking it's bad, earlier? But it's funny. About the everything being over the top satirical, this I believe right here, yeah. like this is hilariously just over the top ridiculous. Um, yeah, <laughs> I just I feel like Jane Lynch read this and just went no, no. <laughs> See, but I kind of feel like she'd kill it because Jane Lynch kills anything. She would. She would have done. She would the crying. Oh, oh yeah, God. the crying. That would have been amazing. All the rest of it is just terrible. Oh my Why is goodness. this Just because you want a plot that makes sense. Why is his first name Principal? Is it because he just never gave him a name? No, 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 no. no. You no, missed no, it. That's, it's canon. It's canon is because it? uh, he, yeah, if, if, yeah. In the one of the Hurt Locker episodes, she goes to Sue goes to Carmel High, which is Vocal Adrenaline School, and mm-hmm. goes to talk to um, the principal there. And we find out that the principal there is Abigail Gunderson, Figgins Gunderson, and who is you know play a female Figgins, and basically explains that Principal Figgins' first name is Principal because he was first born. It is a hilarious scene, and you really should Google. And look up in YouTube, Abigail Gunderson. So Gunderson. Thing about season six, I've only seen every one of these episodes once. Okay, that's why I told well, you to go look it up. <laughs> I'm sure there's a When I said I've only done fifty percent of the homework, that's what I meant because I did not go back and rewatch this episode. <laughs> okay, and that's fun fine. fact. The night the finale aired, to the one and only time I've watched it, I had the stomach flu. Mm-hmm. Gross. Okay. Well, yeah. on that note. I had a great um, night. Um, there is a little bit of cut lines from between Sue and Becky. I'll go ahead and read them now because they're not that great. Uh, Becky says, let's never fight again. And Sue says, Becky, that's a promise. And Becky says, can we go to the California pizza kitchen? I've decided to switch my major to acting. I want to be the first person with Down syndrome to play the lead in Tony and Tina's wedding. I don't understand any of that, but okay. What is the California pizza kitchen and who are Tony and Tina? Uh, oh, is that not a thing? It's a restaurant that Mark is that not? Is that really only in California? No, it's over here on the East Coast. Oh, okay. Okay, so as far as I know, Ohio doesn't actually have any actual California Pizza Kitchen restaurants, but I may have to go Google that. But um, we 
like the major grocery stores here carry their pizzas in the frozen pizza section. Yeah. Oh. At least they did. I, I've actually seen it. <laughs> I know it's in California okay. as an actual restaurant, but I don't know if we have any actual restaurants you know, here. That's it's a really definitely where do I'm not reminded about how large the United States actually is. Yes. <laughs> because Snarky and I both live in places that are actual places that have actual things. And oh my then you God. guys are stuck in the middle. And it's just like, I forget that you guys don't have things. Wow. Thanks. That's great for <laughs> rubbing that in. I we appreciate have lots that. of things, but. Uh, yeah, we just don't. We, we have, do we don't have one. to the store. Holy for shit. Where is it? Uh, hang on a minute. I'm looking. <laughs> Plus, she's doing that. What is Tony and Tina? Or who are Tony and Tina? Tony and Tina's wedding. <laughs> Sounds vaguely familiar, but I don't know. We have I one in Columbus at Polaris. And there's one in Lyndhurst, where I don't actually know where that is. It says it's 138 miles from me, so it's... Tony and Tina's wedding is an immersive... Envir- it, it is an environmental immersive <laughs> theater event based on the traditional Italian wedding and reception... With warm and intrusive stereotypes exaggerated for comic effects. Oh, Audience God. members are treated as <laughs> so guests of the wedding. So it's the Italian it's version an, of my big fat Greek wedding? It's an interactive so it's improv. it's dinner theater. It's, dinner, dinner it's interactive theater. improv dinner theater. Like, have you also, ever wanted to go to a stereotypical Italian-American wedding? And no. You can go to this. Yippee. <laughs> also... <laughs> Pam, uh, there is a California Pizza Kitchen in Ann Arbor and in Livonia. Okay, but those are on the east oh, side of the state. And, uh, and Novi. <laughs> the east side and of the Farmington state. Farmington Hills. East oh my god, there was there a one in Lima? Detroit. Detroit. That's in Detroit. Clinton Township. Detroit. Uh, and then they start listing off places in Kentucky and Pittsburgh. So yeah, there's Detroit. like a lot of them in Michigan. That was near you. You just Joey McIntyre and Mila Kunis. Oh my god. Holy shit, um, Joey McIntyre? <gasps> yes. I just gulped on my essence water. <laughs> yes. Your essence of water water? Yes. <laughs> Joey McIntyre is the lead in this like one star Rotten Tomato movie. <laughs> I'm watching that. I love Mila Kunis. Oh my Why goodness. Becky okay, would be great in that. Oh, that's hilarious. Okay. This is well. I can oh see why God, they cut that. Macaulay Culkin is one of the like extras. <laughs> what? Well. Watching it. <laughs> I love everything about this. I need to see this. Oh man. Anyway. Okay. Oh my God, the pictures. Where are, are we? I lost. What's I lost. Where that's, okay. So we are on page. Um, even though we're going to cut most of this, we're on page twenty-eight and scene nineteen. But we're not going to read it because it's Sue versus Will. It's really quite. You know, the same it is. I will say there are a couple things that are interesting about this. First of all, in the actual episode. Oh, my when God. Joey McIntyre looks old. Okay. I'm so sorry. He is. He is. I know that, but I don't want to face that. I RB, what's the name of this movie again? Tony and Tina's Wedding. Here, let me. What if Romeo and Juliet's parents had tried to put aside their differences and allowed the kids to get married? The tale oh unfolds as comedy about two Italian families from different sides of the subway tracks. 
The Nuncios, led by dominant patriarch Tony Big T Nuncio, are proud to be from Astoria, Queens, where they operate a go-go. Oh, my God. The Vitale, have moved away from trashy Queens and now reside in the pleasant suburb of Massapequa, Long Island. Even though the parents disapprove of the marriage, they realize the kids, Tony Little T Nuncio and Tina Vitale, are in love, so they agree to try and get along for the wedding day for the kids. Unfortunately for everyone involved, it might have been a better had the kids just eloped. What can go wrong does go wrong in this tale about an Italian-American wedding. Okay. Yeah, there's eyeshadow is whoa. Yes, but her eyeshadow is only matched by the shoulders on that dress. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're going back to the script. Wow. Okay. I need this movie. Totally uh, but you can need it after the podcast. Fine, um, fine. <laughs> so anyway, um, in in the scene, the Jane Lynch adds a little bit. Um, she hilariously, when she's singing, um, but tell me, does this kiss? Does she kiss like I used to kiss? Did it feel the same when she calls your name? And she adds, but. <laughs> Can we talk about the stage directions for um, a second, though? In a second. He kicks in, Sue walks circles around Will, eyes locked in an Apache war dance of a thousand human emotions. Uh, yeah, oh, it's the point God. where I get to sing the winner takes all. Hold on, one. I will let you sing in a minute. Um, because <laughs> the song climaxes in an orgy oh, of emotion. Let me say orgy of emotion. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't they climax in the pilot? <laughs> when the climax Remember? In the I think, uh, I think there's some actually. climaxing then too. I mean, um, it's hard so, to remember. There've been so many. There's, they climax a lot in these scripts. Um, so yes, Harvey, if you, you there, to. because there's not really anything different. They the, the actors are great and perform it the way they're supposed to. Feel free to sing "Winner Takes It All." Well, but not all. Can you do the stage directions? Like we can we can do what's in the script. Oh yeah, let's just do that. Okay, I'll read the directions if she wants to go. I mean, we've got, we've got some solid Will Sue stuff here. So, who's doing Will? Snarky? That sure. Well. Okay, Snarky, sing with her. Oh, <laughs> <dang>. <laughs> you guys are going to take over my podcast. I'm going to throw my weight around. <laughs> I apologize in advance. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Are, are we? Are we starting from the singer, or are we starting from the beginning of the scene? The beat kicks in. It doesn't matter. Okay. <laughs> you know what? Here we go. <laughs> Into a full band. A, a full band arrayed on stage. She Stu walks up to Will and puts her finger to his lips. Yeah. There are no more words. <laughs> Just a song. Music begins to play. It's Abba's. The winner takes it all. I don't want to talk. About the things we've gone through, though it's hurting me, now it's history. I've played all my cards, and that's what you've done too. Nothing more to say, no more race to play. Do let's loose the epic chorus. The winner takes it all, the loser standing small. Beside the victory, that's her destiny. The beat kicks in and Sue walks the circles around Will, eyes locked in an Apache war dance of a thousand human emotions. 
God. The gods may throw the dice, their minds as cold as ice. And someone away down here loses someone dear. Will starts to harmonize. The winner takes, it, takes all. it all. The loser has, has to, fall. to fall. It's simple. It's simple and it's fun to play. Why should I, I, complain? Should I complain? Tell me, does she kiss? Like I used to kiss you. Does it feel the same when she calls your name? Somewhere deep inside. No, I miss you. But what can I say? Rules must be obeyed. Thank you, a montage of footage. You and Will yelling for her exaction of a million torments as we hear. The judges will decide the likes of me and I. Spectators of the show always standing low. The game is on again. A lover or a friend. A big thing or small. The winner takes it all. On stage, Will and Sue sing to one another two warrior hearts who have fought their last. Oh, I don't know the melody as well. I don't want to talk. And if it makes you feel sad, and I understand, you come to shake my hand. I apologize if it makes you feel bad. Seeing me so tense, no self-confidence, but you see. The song climaxes in an orgy of emotion. The winner takes it all. The winner takes it Silence. Will and Sue stare into one another's eyes for a moment. Will opens his mouth to say something and Sue raises a finger. Will nods a slight smile. That was all there was to say. A moment between them, and Sue turns and walks off. As she passes Brad Ellis, she hooks the piano stool with her leg and yanks it out from underneath him as he falls. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! Okay, it's great. Well, <laughs> did I just totally blank that out? What? Did she yes, really that happens. That actually like, happens oh, in there. That's why I said there's nothing so then. I don't uh, remember the part about Brad. Did that happen? I didn't either. And I was like, oh, I must have cut that. And nope, that happens. <laughs> oh, <laughs> apparently, God. after the climax of emotion, nobody could focus on anything else that was going on. <laughs> it's a great scene, though. It really is a really it's, great scene. Um, this is how you do a musical. Here's the thing with this is. Doesn't the rest of the characters come in and like stare at him? Like, no, w- that's in the that's, that's the final the countdown. That's which final I love. Okay. All right, so um, we are gonna the next scene is really really slimmed down, and oh, so getting elected. Sue getting elected, but so I'm gonna. I would like to read this. I would like to be Geraldo because it's I a lot. One thing, 
Um, you can Remember say two when things. we thought a Jeb Bush, Sue Sylvester presidency would be the worst thing that could ever happen? <laughs> oh, my God. We guess, Please. But let's... I don't really want to talk about that. So... <laughs> All right, so I think I hit a button. I think that <laughs> I think that everything from here on out is five years later. So we are now in the twenty 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 for the rest the of the re- script. The really crazy future of twenty twenty. Yes. All right, guys. All right, so I would like to do Geraldo. Geraldo Rivera. If, Becky has one line at the end, so if if you don't mind jumping in for that snarky, that'd be awesome. I shall be Becky, and. I will say, RB, you don't have to censor yourself. Perfect. Just throwing that in there. Okay. I don't know what's coming, so perfect. <laughs> Black card, five years later. An election alert graphic fills the screen. Interior, Fox News Studio Day. Flash forward. Welcome back, everybody. Fox News can now project that President Jeb Bush will win the crucial battleground state of Ohio and re-election to a second term as the President of the United States. With me now, before she heads down to Times Square to meet the president in a crowd of thousands, Vice President Sue Sylvester. Madam Vice President, thank you for being here. Angle on, Bexie Jackson, Secret Service agent, muttering into her cuff. Thank you, Geraldo. I just spoke with the president. He was curious as to where I was, and I told him that the victory rally could wait until I had a chat with my old buddy, Geraldo. Fantastic. Sue, what do you have to say to people who say you've revolutionized the vice presidency? Your personal training regimen has gotten the commander-in-chief down to a... Was it Svelte? Svelte. Svelte. 175 pounds. He's the first sitting president to grace the cover of Men's Health. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe oh you shouldn't have worried about me. <laughs> <laughs> and your program to cut the shake weight in every house has been an overwhelming success. Some saying that it's it's what put the Republican ticket over the top in this election. Oh my well, God, the shake weight. The president and I are definitely proud of the changes we've made in the White House. Booby-trapping hallways with blow darts keeps the staff on their toes and has led to a 95% decrease in wordy Oval Office walk-in talks. And our policy of constant fat-shaming resulted in a collective executive branch weight loss of over 7,000 pounds. Still got a way to go. But what I'm most proud of is helping to transform the Republican Party from a southern regional party hung up on social issues like relitigating a culture war that most Americans are simply no longer concerned with and transforming the party of Lincoln back to what it was always meant to be, an inclusive, big tent party full of competing ideas about how to address the issues of income inequality an outdated infrastructure, and stewardship of the environment in a fiscally responsible way that keeps us strong at home as well as abroad. And now, now, Madam Vice President, you've just won re-election, and pundits are already handicapping the presidential race four years from now. So, Sue, I have one. I have to ask. Will you be running for president in 2024? abso I will. <laughs> this is beeped. A black box covers her mouth. Well, folks, you heard it here first. Vice President Sylvester, congratulations. We'll be back with more election night coverage right after this. They go to commercial. Sue stands up and removes her mic. Geraldo stands and extends a hand. Congratulations, Sue. Great to see you again. Punches Geraldo in the face. He hits the floor, then struggles to his feet. Why? 
I'm still pissed about that hack job, Geraldo. That was five years ago, and you're vice president. Well, you'll learn this is one vice president and champion cheerleading coach who knows how to hold a grudge. Becky, let's go. I've got Pocahontas. We're on the move. PAs attend to Geraldo's broken nose as Sue Sylvester and Becky Jackson walk off into the sunset. Yeah. <laughs> anyway... I yearn for the days of a Jeb Bush and Sue Sylvester. Sue Sylvester, President, yeah. Oh, my goodness. At least we would all lose weight, right? Oh, what is with the fat shaming? It needs to stop. This is ridiculous. Anyway. They had to get one last one in there before the end of the show. At least it was cut. And really, the only thing that's in there is her, like, hey, you won. Yep, I won. That's about it. Which is all that it really needs to be. And Becky spoke on his line. So, all right, Act Five, which is the last final Hummelberry scene. Um, yeah, so let's do this. Interior, McKinley High, Auditorium, Day. Rachel sits at a piano on a bare stage thinking. Kurt pokes his head in from the wings, finally finding her. Hey, there you are. I think Blaine and I are going to hit the road, sort of slip out the back without a lot of fanfare. You want to ride back to your hotel? No, I'll just grab one from Sam. Okay, well, we'll see you back in New York then. You okay? It's funny. I snuck in here to say goodbye to the stage like I always do when I'm back at McKinley, but this time feels different. I'm sure we'll be back. Shaking her head. This time I'm not coming back. Not for a long time. I, I can feel it. He puts a hand on her shoulder. She grabs it. Maybe that's okay, too. Time to let go. You want me to stay for a bit? No. I'm okay. You go. I just want one last look at the place. Kirk gives her hand a squeeze, squeeze and walks off the stage. Rachel takes a deep, cleansing breath. And as the music comes up on Darren Chris's This Time, time to say goodbye. Yep, and and this is, I mean, pretty much what you see, so there's not really anything to talk about, but yeah, those are final, if, you know, it would have been, I can see why they didn't, because between commercial breaks, you, it's just this, and you don't really need it, but I, I'm still kind of surprised they have a whole I think moment. they do need it, because I they're talking like... about Finn. They're very that clearly was... talking about Finn. Oh, that's true. I mean, isn't this, I, I mean, feel this like is they how they're dealing with, one this is his auditorium. Yeah, and they. I were mean, I'm fine with them being subtle about it. I'm just surprised. This, the other one seemed dumb. This one, I think, yeah. would have been short. Yeah, and it like been if worth I had it. to pick one of the two scenes to keep, I would have kept this one. Yeah. yeah. Also, this Plus, is Kurt with healthy boundaries with Rachel. Yeah, it's yeah, and that's, that's she seems bad. healthy, and it's yeah. also kind of. Like, there was this through line, because now we're at the end. There's this kind of this through line where everybody, she's saying goodbye, and they're saying goodbye, and everybody's saying goodbye. And, yeah, there's a lot of that, but, like, it makes more sense. I don't think that the episode makes a whole lot of sense. Um, I think it would have made the song stronger, too. Yeah. It would have added a little more of a, a, I mean, it's already gorgeous and and, and melancholy-ish. 
that was in the present time. So this is our final flash forward. And there's not a whole lot difference in the scene where they're all coming up. Um, Tina has a cut line where Artie is talking about his um, movie getting into slam dance, and which is better than <laughs> Sundance. And Tina says, that's practically the same thing. Even better, Sundance is way too commercial. And I'm guessing, you know, hey, insider dig, it's Sundance apparently. Um, and then there's a cut line with um, Mercedes, or she just changed it to add a little Sam Sadies because um, the Sam stuff that we get at the end was completely cut, which kind of talked about them getting back together. But um, Kurt and Blaine still have their lines of, hey, he's got a new girlfriend. And Mercedes says, okay, I'm just going to say it. That boy's got a sex addiction. <laughs> <laughs> Sure. Okay. Huh. All right. Um, what really I do want to read is the last bit of um, the last bit of stuff here because it's the last Kurt and Blaine scene, and there is a little bit of a difference. Um, we just need to add in. Um, I'll be Jesse St. James <laughs> only uh, because there's a line in here that I'm so glad they changed and when yes. you hear it yeah. oh my god um, yeah I agree so I'm trying to think how we're going to double up because we need a Mercedes and a Tina too do you, I mean, Kitty, I you read Tina too well, I'll do Tina and Rachel okay and will you read Mercedes Kitty sure do you still want me to do stage directions or yeah all right, I'll do Mercedes then. I'll just read from Mercedes then and Blaine. Okay. You just read the stage directions. Okay. Okay. Interior, brownstone, Rachel's room, day, flash forward. Rachel, all dressed up, sitting at her vanity, looking at her makeup. She looks stunning, red carpet ready, a knock at the door. Come in. It's the gang. She stands to greet them and we discover she's eight months pregnant. Kurt and Blaine rush over. Don't strain yourself. Oh, please. I've been scrubbing my boobs off at Tracy Anderson every day since conception. This child can have my body for nine months, but then mama wants it back. We brought you the special organic juice from this place in Tribeca. It's supposed to help the baby's brain go grow. He hands her the juice. Okay, hold on. I've heard the story from Kurt and Blaine, but now I want to hear your side. What in the heck made you say yes to being their surrogate? Well, obviously there was a full circle aspect to it considering how I came to be, but mostly it was about me saying these remarkable two men have devoted and will devote years of their lives to making me feel safe and happy and loved. The least I could do was give them nine months of mine. She goes to Blaine and Kurt. I love you guys so much and you're gonna be the most amazing dads. It's an honor to carry your daughter. This is the first time some have heard this news. It's a girl? Kurt and Blaine nod yes. Hugs and tears all around. Do we know who the biological daddy is? Well, if she comes out with a bow tie, she's mine. And if it's an ascot, she's Kurt's. No, we make the spermies together, so we'll never know. Spermies. I don't care who she is. I just can't wait to get her out of me. Me neither. Reveal Jesse in a tux. There's my husband. He goes to her, kisses her, in love. Because I'm just about ready to put one of her own in you. Oh. So romantic. Yeah. Darla, your other guests are waiting for you downstairs and we have to get going. Can't be late to the show. You're one of the first up. Yeah. Okay. Oh. 
<laughs> Let's talk about this. Um, now, first of all, the cut line of mostly they've been, uh, it was, um, they will devote years of their lives and will devote years of their lives. Yeah. Like, there's that. Um, I do wish they would have said it was a girl. That's sweet. I like that. I also um, like that. Well, if she comes out with a bow tie, she's mine. And if it's an ascot, it's Well, hurt. and that's an interesting comment. Cause I know like, I just remember hearing conversation about this when we got the script about how like, it doesn't matter who the biological father is. And this is their way of saying it. However, I would like to say for posterity's sake, Kurt's last line in this script is no, we mixed the spermies together, so now we'll never know. <laughs> spermies. I, I'm spermies. so sad that that was not Chris's last line. I'm sure Chris is thrilled that it's not his last line. Um, also, uh, Jesse's changed line. Um, where oh my God. He says in the in the real in the actual episode, he says, "I'm ready to start a co-production of our own," which is a nice. He's so cute. Yeah, that's nice. that is better than. I'm ready to what put one of our own yeah. in you. Get ready for this. some insemination, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna fill you up with my spermies. Wow. Spermies. Forget how Rachel feels about it. He's ready to put one in. God. Okay. Um, so we can read the, this next little tiny scene. Um, just 27, not 28, is, is cut. So we can go ahead and read that. And I'll just do Mercedes and Arby, Um if Arby will read Rachel. Okay. All right. Interior, living room, moments later, flash forward. The gang heads downstairs to join a crowd of friends. Rachel descends the stairs to applause. She pauses once she's down and then speaks from the heart. Thank oh. you. Thank you all. I feel like I'm looking out at a photo album of my life. Friends from home, from Yada, from work, my publicist, my makeup artist, my stylist, my manager, all of the people I hold deepest in my heart. When I was a little girl, I was sure of one thing. I knew that I would be a star. We know, you told us, every day. Lots of laughs. But what I could not have known was that I would make and keep so many good friends. I love you all. I'm sorry I couldn't get you all tickets to the show tonight. And I know that I'm considering the competition when I'm up against there is no way I'm going to win. But I don't care. I've won already because I get to come home to all of you. Applause as Rachel makes her way out. Mm -hmm. Hugs and kisses on the way. So, in case you were wondering who those random people were in the background during this scene, <laughs> that's who it was. <laughs> it was her public team, her makeup artist, friends from Niata, and all of the people she holds um, deepest in her heart. Oh my God. Noticeably, um, they added in Kitty and Roderick. They were not in the script to be in the scene, but they're probably like, hey guys, let's bring a few of you in here. Well, Becca and Leah are really good friends, so I'm just yeah. wondering if she's like, hey, can I be in the scene? And they were like, sure. Yeah, probably. Um, so, yeah, that's really obnoxious. Um, the, the, in the scene, Jesse has one cut line later on when they're kind of sitting down, which, which says, uh, Rachel says, I'm not going to win. And he says, you listen to me. You listen to me. You're going to win. I don't care if those pedigrees of those other nominees. Your performance was transcendent. You're a once-in-a-generation talent, Rachel. Tonight is your night to claim that in front of the world. I love you so much, and I'm the luckiest guy in the world to be on your arm right now. This sounds a little syrupy for Jesse St. James, but that's okay. All I right. feel like Jesse's kind of grown up a little. 
in in yeah. the Jesse that we see, if only because like it's so interesting because the line as they originally wrote it, that line we all hate. Yeah, that's very old Jesse, but this is like what the way they did it there, how they rewrote it for the actual episode. But then this yeah. line, they feel like they fit better together. I can almost I see. Think- I Go think ahead. that you're a once-in-a-generation talent. That's the kind of thing Jesse mm-hmm. would say. They're both kind of yeah. oh, yeah. over the top. Yeah. But I can totally see Leah and Jonathan Groff going, yeah, we're going to change a little bit of this. <laughs> <laughs> Jonathan Groff probably got that scene and went, no. He's <laughs> um, <laughs> like, Brian, I'm just going to make a few touches of the script. Don't worry about it. It's fine. Um, so, yeah. Um, there isn't, let me get into these awards things. There's not much different except for Rachel's acceptance speech is longer. And you know what, RB, would you like to read Rachel Berry's acceptance speech for her Tony? <coughs> and we don't need to do stage directions. Go ahead and just read the. Oh my God. I want to thank my beautiful husband and director, Jesse, and my dads for all of those singing and dancing lessons. And I want to dedicate this to someone very special to me. I've had some amazing teachers in my life. Carmen Thibodeau at Miata, who gave me a second chance to come back and get my degree. My wonderful friends from my days at McKinley High. But there is one man who I know for a fact is responsible for me standing up here tonight. His name is Will Schuster. Mr. Shu was that teacher who only taught to my greatness and never to my many flaws. He cheered the loudest when I soared and picked my pieces up off the floor when I crashed and my heart was broken. And most importantly, he did the thing all great teachers do. There are so many of them out there. He made me and all of his students see that being part of something special does not make you special. Something is special because you are a part of it. Thanks, Mr. Shu. I love you. And to every little girl or boy out there watching, I need you to know one thing before I walk off the stage. Dreams really do come true. Drink. <laughs> um, so the added a couple just little line changes at the beginning, but for the most part. Um, yeah, I, I do like the stage directions where um, I don't remember Sue sitting next to Will the episode, but maybe she was, but um, it I says, think well, she like comes from behind. <laughs> yeah, like, you didn't know she was in the room that. and that she suddenly appears to give him a tissue. It's, uh, it's just, I don't know, which is very Sue. Like she just it is. <laughs> like she just came in and let herself in, and they didn't even notice. Suddenly but I'm going Sue. to suddenly read this as in. Um, Will is crying full force now. A hand reaches down and offers him a tissue. It's Sue, smiling, crying too, and flanked by the Secret Service. Will takes the tissues. Grateful, they share a look. Appreciation, pride, love, acknowledgement of a job well done. Okay. <laughs> and and back for like three seconds so I can ask a question. Sure. How many children do Will and Emma have? It says seven. in the script. It says um, four. I think they have five. Or five. One, two, five. Five. Um, they don't there have are, five I mean, children in this scene, do they? D- Sam's running around with a bunch. Like, he's in the background of the scene running around with the kids. She had five children with him? In five years. I mean, that's probably why the horniness <laughs> at the beginning is a thing. <laughs> like, full structure. They know what they're doing. Everyone just take, just take a moment to think about that and then... Bleach your brain. 
Okay, so this next scene is entirely cut before the ending scene. And why don't we just read all of Act 6? Um, I'm going to go ahead and be Sam if everybody else takes their regular. Um, and okay. hey, guys, are we singing? We're going to be singing. We're all going to sing. Oh, I lived. To sure. Well, you, having... get to read, you get to read the state directions. I get to read the, the rest state of us directions. Are gonna, yeah, <laughs> can, we, can we take a quick pause? Yes. Quick pause. Quick pause. Yeah, I need to take a quick pause because my monitor just turned off. Let's get that oh, no. sorted. It's fine. I'll get fixed. Are you asking if you sound far away again? Yes, because you sound very I think you far, are away. far away. That is so funny. You were because so far I away that I couldn't hear I you moved. saying it. And then I moved back. So far away. Okay, what page are we on? Now that I had to Page find 43, Act 6. Okay. All right. Are we all ready? All right, guys. Final Let's scene. Let's do this. Final script reading. One of the oh final episodes. Get Everyone should like be a confetti cannon or something. There should be. Let's do this, guys. All right. Card up. 2020. Interior. Teacher's lounge. Night. Flash forward. Will reads and sips coffee as Sam enters. Hey, Will. You want to walk to the ceremony together? Hey, Will. You want to walk to the ceremony together? Who's Will? Me. Sorry. Sorry. (laughs) I think it's me. (laughs) I'm realizing that now. Fine. Sorry, I was on a bender. Hey, Will. First night. Why not? Why are the teachers teachers lounged at night? Because because this is the ceremony for the auditorium um, opening. Oh, okay. Definitely. But first I want to go over the Glee budget you just submitted. There are a couple of red flags. I get that it's like a bunch of more expensive than last year's, but we won our fourth national championship in a row. And next year we're going to Moscow to compete in the internationals. Sorry. If any club in this school has earned the budget increase, it's us. And the squad we have this year is the best we have ever had. Even better than my junior year when we had Rachel and Santana and Mike Chang. Uh, sorry, my monitor just crashed out again. <laughs> <laughs> what? Sorry. Let's just get that. Go on without me. Let me get it figured out. Uh, here, I'll be Will. Thank you. I know, which is why I'm concerned about these numbers. Those Russian teams are backed by oil billionaires, and they aren't handcuffed by all the regulations we are. If you honestly want to compete with those squads, you need more rehearsal time, which means at least one more tutor. And you'll need all new costumes and some 88mm confetti cannons. There isn't near enough in your budget for that. I can't approve this unless it's 15% higher. Seriously? My hands are tied, Sam. Sam smiles, amazed at how the world has changed. Will puts his arm around Sam. Never forget our motto. 
He points to a sign hanging over the coffee pot. Sorry. Imagination (laughs) is born for the knowledge. Albert Einstein. I'm living proof of that. They start walking. I keep telling you, if you're going to dream, dream big. How is that girl you were dating? Uh, Which one? The one from Jamba Juice didn't take. I did have dinner with Mercedes last night, though. She flew in for the dedication. Is she single? Yes. I smile. Yes. And she said she thinks she's ready to settle down. Interesting. They walk out of frame. Interior auditorium night. Ladies and gentlemen, the vice president of the United States. The curtain closed behind her. Sue steps out to a mic at the lip of the stage. Fantastic. In typical Glee fashion, there's like seven of you. Becky? Becky, it's okay. He's clean. Reveal Becky frisking Sam against the wall, his arms and legs splayed. She clicks her tongue and gives Sue a double six shooter and takes a seat with Sam among the sparse crowd. Will, Emma, Coach Beast, Figgins, and even Terry. But not Burton Carroll. You know, a great big fat person once stood up on this stage and told a group of a dozen or so nerds in hideous disco outfits that Glee, by its very definition, is about opening yourself up to joy. Now, it's no secret that for a long time, I thought that was a load of hoop. As far as I could see, Glee Club was nothing more than the place where a bunch of cowardly losers go to sing their troubles away and delude themselves that they live in a world that cares one iota about their hopes and dreams, totally divorced from the harsh reality that out in the real world, there's not much more to hope for than disappointment, heartbreak, and failure. And you know what? I was exactly right. That's exactly what Glee Club is. But I was wrong about the cowardly part. What took me so long to understand is the bravery it takes to look around you and see the world not as it is, but as it should be. A world where the quarterback becomes friends with the gay kid. and The girl with the big nose ends up on Broadway. Glee is about imagining a world like that and finding the courage to open up your heart and sing about it. That's what Glee Club is. And for the longest time, I thought that was silly. Now I think it's just about the bravest thing that anyone could ever do. I'm honored to be here to rededicate this theater, the Finn Hudson Auditorium. William, it's with his memory that your hard work, that you have become, that you have accomplished the unimaginable. The McKinley High School for the Performing Arts has become an overwhelming success a model for public schools that showcase the arts now being replicated all across the country. Congratulations, Will Schuster. You and your little glee club have achieved something truly remarkable. And now, without further ado, it's my pleasure to introduce the New Directions. She steps into the audience and takes a seat as the curtain parts. Brad Ellis nods to the band as the opening chords of One Republic's I Lived begins to play. In their signature red and white street clothes, the original New Directions appear on stage. Rachel, Kurt, Art, Tina, and Mercedes. They leave a spot for Finn. All right. I'm going to be honest. I don't remember the tune. Oh, you don't? All right. Then we won't see it. Okay. All right. Again, I should have prepared. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, sorry, guys. I remember it, kind of. I can sing it. I just can't sing. 
Because I mean, I could totally sing it, but I I'm a very bad singer, so I don't. Well, just to... just splice in the song at this part. Well, <laughs> no, I probably should not do that. Um, but at the beginning, we'll just finish out the stage directions. Okay, and they're different than what they actually do, so I think that's really yes, interesting. That's why I wanted to do that. Mm-hmm. So then the next stage direction is Brittany Santana, Quinn Puck, Matt Rutherford, Mike Chang, Chang, and Sam Evans join them. That and makes a lot of as, sense. Mm-hmm. And then as well, the chorus kicks in, Jesse St. James, Lauren Zaitsey's Blaine, and Sugar Mata rush on stage. That makes less sense. I'll explain it when we're like, I get what I'm you did. getting it. Yes. They do it, it by a minute, order of appearance. But I'm getting it. It's by order of appearance. <laughs> Joe Hart, Rory Flanagan, Marley, Jake, Ryder, Kitty, and Unique enter. And then Roderick, Jane, Spencer, Alistair, Madison, Mason, and Myron all run onto stage now filled with all the new directions, all smiles. Their voices boom an enormous wall of sound as the chorus kicks in. And then the song screams to a finish and the audience leaps to its feet. Camera finds Will, his heart bursting as the new directions hold their final pose. Their smiling faces gazing out to a future of endless possibilities. And for one last time, we... Smash to black and serious. So, a couple of notes. Um, yes, I'm really disappointed that I don't remember the tune of the song. Oh, it's hang on a minute. No, no, no. I mean, I'll sing it for you now. Probably cut my stuff out, but um, it's um, where's the beginning of the scene? It's all right, take this jump, but don't fear the fall. Hope when the water rises, you build a wall. Hope when the crowd screams out, they're screaming your name. Hope if everybody runs, you choose to stay. And then it's, I, I did it all. Did it all. <laughs> yes. I guess it is an order of appearance. It is a So it is all in order of appearance. I actually like the way they did it better because for two reasons one they did the order of appearance thing back in new directions when they sang don't stop believing the second reason is they let like they let kurt and blaine be together they let rachel come in with jesse they let um you know rachel and mercedes have a moment they kind of let they had like uh, Brittany and santana come in together um and i think it's a lot better it i i just think that and plus in this one i mean not that i really want will to be singing up there or whatever but he's all up in stage with him yeah. and that happened in this version exactly well and then also i do think it's hilarious that this is a dedication to finn hudson and um will and not will bert and carol were not originally there like i'm glad somebody was like hey I, we should yeah i get feel like somebody back. overlooked that on accident and then somebody else went uh, uh, the yeah. other thing is that they do, which I, I actually really like, um, a, a couple of things at the very end. One, instead of like all these weird beaming faces, <laughs> they actually do it like because this is the curtain call for the series. So um, they they bow their heads and go to black, and I like that better than this weird like staring out at the endless possibilities thing. Um, but also the last shot of the series is actually not them; it is of three plaques. 
Um, and the, the, there's the one of Finn, there's one of Lillian Adler, and then there's a middle one of New Directions. And I don't remember what the quote is. Oh, my God. Um, some, I think it's the something is special because you're in it. Something is special because you're a part of it. Yeah. Um, or something. One of the one of the ones that they said in this particular episode. And then we hit to black. So I will say that I am ultimately disappointed that we did not end on Don't Stop Believing. I'm not. Because I'm not. I'm not. I'm not at all. Four and five. How many I times mean, already? They yeah, did the, the, it. It would have been expected. Glee, that's what I. That's what I think of. I think. Uh, but don't I stop like believing. and. I think that it was a missed opportunity. I but think it wasn't they because they it. ended it in new directions on that. And I think that... And they also to, ended 2009 on that. That's true, too. Yeah, and they just done that. They had just aired, done that. The aired back-to-back, back. yeah. I think yeah, because being, they aired back-to-back. Back. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I like this choice. I still think y'all are wrong. Well, well we think you're wrong. Originally... So. Dreams come true in 2009 were supposed to be switched. So uh-uh. 2009 was actually supposed to be the series finale. Originally, 2009 was the ninth episode of the season. <laughs> I heard that they were supposed to be switched. Maybe they couldn't figure out where they wanted to put I it. I mean, I think they weren't sure what they wanted to do with it, but it was written as the ninth episode. It was written as the ninth, and then I think they were talking about making it the finale, and then they changed their minds again and moved it to before yeah. Dreams Come True, I think is what happened. Yeah, which I like dreams come true a second. I think that you need to look back and then look forward and then. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, so. I don't think it would work as better the other way around. No. Yeah. Um. So yeah, so that's thought. interesting. I got also I, that whole that whole Will Terry age. moment that's in the Whoa. finale. Sorry, nice. that whole Will Terry moment that's in the finale is nowhere in the script. Well, so. no, a lot of the ending stuff, I mean, like, the Curtin Blaine's hip bump is not there. Uh, Rachel coming in with Jesse's not there. The whole unique staging with, um, what's his name? Ryder. 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 I mean, yeah. the moment between Matt Rutherford and Mike Chang. I mean, they let the actors yeah. kind of do what they that needed, and that was really kind of nice that they let them do that performance. Here's the thing that really cracks me up, is Emma had five kids in five years with Will, and the moment Terry walks in, she's like, what the hell? No, it's just a... I just think it's I know a it was beat. a joke, but like, now I'm going, oh my god, she had five kids in five years. And well, and right. also, Rachel would have had her kid by now, um, so... Yes. As people say, Kurt and Blaine are parents in this scene. Um, Everyone enjoyed those feels. So, but yeah, that's that's it, guys. That's the that's, that's the end. We're here. I mean, aside from that little Hummelberry edit that they took out, I, I'm I think they did a good job with their editing on this one. Sometimes there's missing stuff, and it's like, what? Terrible. Yeah. Um, but these, I these think everything smart. they cut, I can, I can see the argument for cutting it. Even yeah, if yeah. some things amused me, I yeah. totally get, I get yeah. why, and I don't think it was a bad choice. Exactly. Yeah. I, I still yeah. wish. I know we complain a lot. Like, why would they cut this? Oh my god! But this episode, it's like, oh, I'm so glad they cut this. <laughs> I mean, I kind of <laughs> wish that the timing and structure was a little bit clearer, but I mean, didn't need to be. They were in a hurry. They didn't care. They wanted to get it done. I think. The episode as stands, I I do wish that the little Hummelberry moment was there, but for the most part, it did what they, you know, (sighs) they said good dreams come true enough times. Everybody got a happy ending, including Sue. And, um, it, that's, that's it. I I don't even know. (laughs) That's it guys. 
I feel that's it. Just to be repetitive, I you know I feel about this finale the same way I was saying I feel in the the season six wrap is it ends and I feel content. Yeah, I don't feel I like agree. there's something I don't... missing. I don't feel like sobbing. I just feel like okay, all right. And the- uh, I, you know, I can always go back and begrudge. I wish they had this more song or that more thing or this other thing. But the fact of the matter is that I was really scared going into this finale because I thought that they couldn't, I thought they maybe couldn't do it. And I do think that they did an effective Caesar series finale with this episode. Yeah, I think it ties up what it needed to tie up i think it gave beats to people that i think deserved to get beats um there are a few emotional scenes i do think the mercedes goodbye is actually really touching um great she's always been so much bigger than lima and i love that she has this great goodbye of these people who are like you were all really important to me but i'm gonna go live this whole other life that i have which we've alluded to throughout the series and i'm fine and it's great. Which is like she cherishes what she cherishes, and she moves on. Yeah, yeah. I, I think she it doesn't up. seem stuck like a lot of the other characters do. No. And I, I think when you look at the season, you know, it starts with loser like me, and they're all at the bottom, and this is their way. I mean, they knew that they were writing at this point, so you can go back and see, you know, at the beginning of season six, and go, oh, this is what they were doing with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, and it's, I feel kind of content too. I don't feel like, oh my God, this is the best, you know, moving series finale ever. Um, but I didn't need it to be that. Oh my God. I'm uh, going to try not make so many puns with what I want to say, but <laughs> make the puns, make the puns. Something is going on I in the background of somebody. Is someone blending? It sounds it like a blender. not me. I promise. <laughs> well, considering that the Rose gallery for this is. Be the hag, Satan, and me. Sure. <laughs> this time, I swear it ain't me. <laughs> me, the hag, the devil, and me. So, what does that make me? <laughs> I believe it's anyway. diva hag. <laughs> I'm <laughs> absolutely <laughs> diva hater. Diva hag, the devil, and me is what it's called. That's going to be a name of a book someday. Um. <laughs> so, that'll be the title of one a of the podcast. A podcast tell all by Pam. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Actually, that would be the good name for a fiction-based podcast. Yeah, that would be the Diva, yeah. the Devil, and Me. Yeah. Um, Ooh, I should write that. <laughs> write it down on a piece of paper. So, oh shoot, now I lost what I was going to say. Oh, all of my bad true. puns. That <laughs> my bad puns was going to be. Dreams like, really do come true. <laughs> there's that, but I mean, as we go in a new direction, as we close up the podcast, I do think it's been a journey. I'm not trying to do this. It's just the words that came to my mind. Um, I, like all of you know, it's okay if the ending is just the ending. You know, we, we all just, know we all know how pro ending you are, Pam. It doesn't I mean, need to have some. It doesn't need to have some plot twist at the end. No, it just needed to have an ending. It needed yeah. to have a whole 
ending where you feel like this all made you sense. You feel complete. We're fine. Yeah. You feel like yeah. their lives are good. And you can imagine the stories and they're the going to live on. Yeah. 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 I don't need more past this. I'm pretty content with like, and this like, is the end. I don't need more you know? past this. Yeah. I don't need anything else. I can imagine it. And you as know? you said, yeah, there's things that, I, yeah, I wish that they had done better along the way. But I mean, this, you know, this ending point of where well, they left the characters. Well, as the great Will, Will Schuster says, there's only one beginning and only one end and everything else is just a whole lot of middle. And the show's got to go all over the place or something. <laughs> so so many. I mean, and as we've said before, quotes. Glee gave you so many goodbyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did. That by the time the real goodbye comes, you're like, okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I like what I like. I'm keeping what I want. I have my canon. I have my extra canon. And I'm satisfied with the universe. That they, I'm satisfied with the Glee universe. I like think that's, I, that's, that's how the I word feel. I think we're all looking for. It's satisfying. It's not sad. It's satisfying. And I don't, it doesn't, you know, make you want to burn down your TV, like how I met your mother. <laughs> and, you know, and it's Dear not God. the greatest of all TV finale endings of, of our time or anything. But it's, it's no not mash. Bad. Let's just say, that. yeah, it's, it's no, no mash. Uh, okay, on a scale of how I met your mother and mash, <laughs> it falls decently somewhere in the middle. It's in the seven, it's fine. It's, it's in there. It's on the. It's, it's on the plus side of five. No one died. Yeah. <laughs> hey, now I still think Dawson's Creek finale is better than this one. So whatever. I never but watched Dawson's Creek, so I can't give you an I opinion agree. on that. It that was I agree only because I cried for like the last. I think a good finale has a full circle moment for the important yes. parts of the story. And this and finale had that. For its yeah. It has a characters. full circle moment, but you also have the under, the understanding and the inclination that the character goes on. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And I think that they really tried to make all the main characters really have those full circle moments. Even mm-hmm. Finn, even though he's not there. He yeah. still gets his moment. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's, I, I feel like, you know, a lot of people, they want, you know, reboots or wish to come. I'm like, no, this story ended. We closed the book. It was of the, them in high school. And now it's just a new era. And you, you like, what is that semi sonic song closing time from every, mm-hmm. every new beginning comes from some other beginnings end. Well, yeah. we just reached another ending. So some other beginnings end. <laughs> you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here, right? Exactly. I know who I want to take me home. <laughs> take I me know home. who this I one is not want my fault. to take me home. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> you, you missed that last week, Snarky. I inadvertently made an Animaniacs reference, and that sent oh no, on oh god. You nice Canada. No, no, no. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> you, we had a nice moment. I just, with a you know, you think about all the things that Glee didn't do well because they were trying to do too damn much. Yeah. Usually, they were trying to be the show for too many people, mm-hmm. or they had too many they, characters. They lost their or point of view. They had. Yeah. They got caught up they in an ambition and a, their, when they didn't have a plan. 
Yeah. yeah. And as the series wound down, you know, through season six and we get, I mean, I think the 2009 dreams come true the way that those two played together. It just felt, it felt smart. It, it felt, also felt very nice. Old, very old school glee-ish. Um, in there was funny. Um, and it was a good mix of song and not song. Oh, it reminds me in Sue's, in Sue's speech. The only thing that's not there that's in the episode um, Jane Lynch adds that, um, like she said something like as I'm getting on and I'm in my late thirties is her ad lib, which cracks yeah. me up because it's one of the very been, continuity things that they've actually been. stuck with <laughs> throughout the years. They've actually been consistent with her age, even yeah. as a joke of her yeah. being 29 at the beginning. Um, so That's great. Sometimes Glee. So, um, so yeah, guys, that's, we're, we're coming to the end of the podcast here. And, um, wow. The end of an era. We got one more, one big finale. We've got one more chance. More. One there's more chance more. for Arby to sing. Well, not with other people, right? No, True. it's going to be, but there's two podcasts left after this. Yeah. So. There's a, there's a retrospective and then there's a finale with everybody mm. we can, can grab. Everybody and that can gives jam onto a podcast. RB, that gives you one more chance to sing Don't Stop Believing. No. Yeah, we gotta um, figure out how um, we want to end it. There we go. Here it is. A singer in a smoky room. Smell of wine and cheap perfume. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. think we'll save the cast with RB singing Don't Stop Believing. Well, we'll figure something out. We're going to do try and do something fun for the very, very end. So, um, so yeah, I've been kind of like delaying it because I do, I'm going to get a little sad. I mean, even though I'm looking forward to going on to you're going to cry like Sue Sylvester. <laughs> 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 uh, it's okay. Like, I too am sad because I have enjoyed the journey. Yeah. But a good journey has an end that mm-hmm. also feels good, and this feels good. It feels like right. It feels like <laughs> it feels like um, you know. And I, I just I want to thank you guys and thank all of my podcasters and my listeners for. I mean, it's been. I mean, I know technically 2016 was only three years ago, but it's been almost four years since I've started the podcast, and I've learned a lot about myself and a lot about you guys and a lot about Glee. And, um, you Maybe know, a little more than you ever wanted to know about Glee. It's, it has been a great, a great time. And I don't, will never regret, this has been so much fun and it's taken me through a lot of dark places or helped me through a lot of dark places. And <laughs> this podcast has taken me to a lot of dark I'm trying places. to be sentimental. Yeah. <laughs> I know. But we all know that emotion makes me uncomfortable. Well, you're going to have to get used to it because I'm going to do it more often. Um, oh my God. This, la- this last couple of podcasts are just going to kill me, and I'm going to have to, like, actually confront emotions. And that Not is emotions. Just... Well, RB, you and I are forever, so we don't actually have to sit. Nobody is saying goodbye. I don't know. Friendship I'm never saying goodbye to you. Nobody's saying goodbye. I'll never let go, Jack. I'll never let go. But, um... <laughs> oh, my uh, God. 
punch it in my mouth when you said that. <laughs> God. <laughs> All right, and that's at that it. point, I let go. You're off the door. It's fine. <laughs> Kitty, Kitty's contract's up. We're done. <laughs> go hang out with the heart right. of the ocean. You know what's so amazing is that Arby's the troublemaker, but I'm the one she keeps threatening to cancel their contract. <laughs> I know. Because Arby doesn't really have a contract. She just shows up. <laughs> Oh, I'm man. really good at failing my way upwards. <laughs> <laughs> so on that note, we should probably wrap this up because you know I keep dragging it out, but um, you gotta I'll, end it. Every I'll, every good story has an ending. Every good story has an ending, and this is this is one of ours. So um, from the so bottom of my Game heart, Game of Thrones, because those books are never gonna end. My God, I just give me two minutes to be sentimental. <laughs> from the bottom of your heart, from the bottom of my heart to the bullet in my drawer. <laughs> the stray one. Oh my god! I got uh, to Lidge's hat, to the Christmas porn, to all of you guys. Um, it's been a wonderful journey, and we've got two more. So I hope you join us. Come join us on the Discord channel, where we're always we'll be always singing and talking and chatting. And um, come join us next Sunday night. We've got two more left. And enjoy the rest of this one. Have a good night, guys. Becoming popular. Lar. Ah.